We've won again. This is good. But what is best in life? How about Wrong! I would summon the demon more ferocious than all in hell! Wrong! What is best in life? Crush your enemy, see them driven before you, and have a lamentation of your women. Contemplate this on the tree of woe. Howdy, 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 and welcome everyone to Garage Gamer with me our annual Gen Con coverage episode. This is our third Gen Con coverage episode, Gen Con 2013, and I am your host, David Whitek. Uh, today's episode is actually brought to us by Audible.com. That's right, Audible.com has joined in with uh, Garage Hammer and Garage Gamer, over 100,000 audiobooks that you can download and listen to at your leisure. Now, um... We did have an interview with Andy Sherman from Ohio Hammer, and some of the audio quality was a little weird, so I'm going to be putting that in a little later. I've done what I can with it. I don't think the whole thing is there, but there's a bunch of it, and I wanted to keep what I could because Andy was a good sport, and his wife was there with us, came on, sat with us, and let us screw around for 45 minutes, so I want to keep that in there. We're also going to be having some interviews with uh, the guys from Mantic. Ronnie and Chris are going to be on. But um, right now, I have a special guest in-house. You all said I could never get this person on the air. You all said, heck, I thought I'd never get this person on the air. Christopher was certain I would never get this person on the air, but I knew if the topic was right, I would get this person. So I would like you all to give a warm welcome to my wife, Heather. Heather, welcome to Garage Gamer. Hello, David. Hello, David. Yes. Look at that. Like a guest. Like not even, that's not a normal greeting. (laughs) Of course, you said you got me in the house, but I'm not quite sure where else I would be. Oh, did I say Since in the house? I they would live never in get the you. House. Oh, we never get you on the show. That's what I meant to say. Did I say in the house? I don't know. I thought you did, and I thought, well. Oh no! Well, your special guest in the house. You're in the house. Yeah, but in the his house. It is my house. I'm talking about the proverbial house, the royal we, oh. the show house. We're not recording in the crypt tonight, folks, because Heather doesn't go down there. Unless no. she can avoid it. so It's, it's gross. It's not gross. It's gross and it's dirty. It smells funny. Uh, that's because of the cats. So um, this is um, our third Gen Con episode. Heather and I went to Gen Con last year and she declined to come on. But we were driving home and Heather says to me, Okay, boys. And Harrison was in the back. This was Harrison's first Gen Con. He cannot join us. He's busy doing his math homework and his Latin homework. So he's not going to be here, unfortunately. He declined because he just didn't want to be up all night doing homework. Um, but we're driving home, and suddenly Heather goes, okay, boys, what was your best and your worst at Gen Con? And I was like, we started talking. I said, you know what? This should be on the show. So I asked her to come on, and, and she said yes. So go figure. So, Heather, why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself? I mean, you... I mean, nobody knows. Heather is actually a gamer. When I met her, um, the first time we started hanging out, she came out and she was playing uh, Vampire the Masquerade, the role-playing game with us. And, uh, you know, she she likes to game and she has other, you know, sort of uh, entertainment-centered hobbies. Why don't you tell people about, you know, what you like to do, the games you like to play? 
Um, so I do like some of those RPGs that we used to do way back in the day, but it seems weird to be at our age still doing those, so we gave those up. Um, I do prefer board games to little miniature games. I don't understand little miniature games, so sorry if I offend anybody out there, but uh, yeah. Malifaux has intrigued you, though. Yeah, but that's got like six there's a models. Bunch, it's not. There's a bunch of them out there. Not every not every game not every game can be as cool as to need 300 zombies. But true, I suppose. <laughs> um, but I do like Malifaux, and I do like most um, board games. There are quite a few that I'm looking forward to trying. And uh, Heather plays Star Wars. Um, the I think everybody's ass at Catan. Love Catan. <laughs> Um, we did pick up. Now we now we went to Gen Con and um, like I said, Heather also Heather likes to go to conventions. Heather's like a convention person. That's like your hobby. Yes, yes, it is. I am a huge convention goer. Um, my most recent was the Star Trek convention. Yes, I am a Trekkie. So uh, I, I I would consider David more of a Star Wars. I like kind them of both. guy. I'm one of those people who like I am them definitely both. a Star Trek. So meeting Patrick Stewart for the very first time was awesome and uh, I actually happened to work at this convention and was the cash monkey for Michael Dorn the entire weekend so I got to sit and hang out with Michael Dorn all weekend he's not as cool as you would think he is but the experience of itself was fun what do you mean he's not as cool as you would think he is he's just kind of dorky or no, well, he, you know what? Michael Dorn really likes tennis and airplanes. So if you want to um, strike up a conversation with him, go tennis and aircrafts. Um, <laughs> he's flown fighter jets. So, I mean, it's, he's done quite a bit. But um, uh, I personally thought that he wasn't as, as attentive to his fans as some of the other next-gen um, actors Ooh, were. Look a little bit of the dirt there, huh? There you go. Um Heather's a bit of an autograph hound, too. I am. Heather has tons of autographed books, autographed pictures from... She goes to these these cons and gets all sorts of stuff signed. Uh, I do. Twilight, Vampire Diaries, Star, Star Trek. Trek. Hunger Games. You did bring me a, an autographed picture of Shatner. Yes, we and, do have Shatner. And uh, who else? What, uh, the the new Star Trek. What's, who's, is that Simon Pegg's signature on that one? Yes, yes, we do have Simon Pegg's. We have Simon Pegg's on that one. Yes, we do, and uh, unfortunately, I was unable to go to Wizard World this year. Otherwise, we would have Zachary Quinto as well. But well, we did get the sixth Doctor at Gen Con. Speaking of bringing it back to Gen Con. Um, or maybe the fifth Doctor. Oh, the fifth Doctor. We're going to... Oh, if we can go to the TARDIS Con in Thanksgiving, we'll get the sixth and the eighth. Eighth, yeah. Harrison got a big poster uh, with all 11 Doctors on it, and so that's the plan is just to get as many of them to sign that one poster as possible. But... Um, so that's a little bit about Heather. Eat your heart out, guys. She's a gamer. She doesn't like to admit it. She only plays certain games. She won't paint her toy soldiers. I have to do that for her. Will not paint them. <laughs> okay. She won't paint them. However, she makes jewelry. And I'm talking little tiny beaded jewelry. She learned at Gen Con. Uh, oh, okay. Let's go back to Gen Con. Went to a bunch of classes. I um, did. What did you take? I did some chain mailing. You did chain mailing. Yes. And the bracelet is awesome that I that you made. Thank you. In fact, I you know not only was it awesome, uh, when we were at the Ren Fair this weekend, your brother was telling me how much he liked it, and uh, you need to. He said, "I need to tell you that you need to make him a shirt oh, out yeah. of it. He wants a whole shirt." Yeah, I'm not sure how that's going to work because uh, that bracelet was um, labor intensive. <laughs> the one that I made, 
Although selling at the Ren Fair, they were fifty dollars bracelets, so it's nice that I can make it myself. But oh, that's that's a, what you made is equivalent to a fifty dollars bracelet. The yeah, Red if Fair? I add the third row, which um, some people will be getting as Christmas gifts, I hope they're not listening. They don't listen. We'll be getting. My family the, doesn't listen anymore, folks. My mom listened to the first about eight episodes and then gave up. Yeah, so they will be receiving a three-row Japanese weave chainmail. It's very cool. That's that is that's pretty cool. What other class did you take? Oh, I took a bead weaving class as well. Oh, okay. That was hard. <laughs> <laughs> I like the chain mail better. So we'll continue with the chain mail. Cool. I took a bunch of writing courses. I do that every year. I see some of the same guys, but I go in and I just try to improve my writing stuff. But that's just some of the cool stuff about chain How many people this year? 49,000? 49,053, I think, is what the total I received was. And what, they brought in $47 million to the city that weekend? Yes, it is only second to the Super Bowl in Indianapolis, which may give you an idea of how important this is to the indie economy. Not only that, but, I mean, just I mean, you wonder why they're so darn nice when, when thousands upon thousands of, of, of geeks and nerds start flooding the area. Well, yeah, because they... Very accommodating. Yes, they were, and... Uh, but I have to say, gamers probably aren't the rudest bunch of people either. I bet you we have more manners than a bunch of Super Bowl goers. Right. We're probably not as drunk. And um, a lot of us are geeks. We know what it's like to be treated poorly. So we try to treat people nicely. <laughs> uh, so. Um, well, speak for yourself in the geek thing. I'm not a geek. Oh, okay. You keep telling yourself that. I know. It. As long as you're happy. Um. So we went in, and this this was the first year we stood in line for a really long time to get something. Last year, we got there a little well, late. Well, this is the first year that we got here uh, in time before the doors opened. So um, it gave us the opportunity to stand in line for hours. <laughs> uh, you know, and it's a damn shame because we probably could have gone later in the day, and I don't think they sold out of the things that we stood in line for Like by the time the line was down. Well, would afternoon. you like to share what we stood in line for? Oh, sure. We stood in the fl- Fantasy Flight. Uh, Which is awesome, by the way. I love Fantasy Flight. Fantasy because, flight again, I like board games. So Fantasy Flight's definitely my, my uh, wavelength. Even though there are about a bajillion little bits and pieces to these games, and you've got to buy little sleeves for the thousands of cards, the games are good. Yes, lots of sleeves. Yes. And, um, oh. Yeah, so we stood in line at the Fantasy Flight line so we could make sure that we got all the new Star Wars uh, X-Wing miniatures. Which we did. Which we did. And uh, Christopher was coming, and we were, they were, I mean, they were literally handing out, when you got in line, you actually had to get cards for what you wanted. Like they said, take these, you could have up to two of each, and when you bring them in, hand them to them, and they will give you the stuff. That way that they knew if they ran out of cards, they were going to run out of stock. Right, and, and you, you had the opportunity to come back then as well. If you had a card, if you came back by the end of the day, you could get, you would still be guaranteed you did not have to remain in that line. Right, but, but we, we had, did. We had classes that afternoon. We didn't yeah. know for a hundred percent certain if we were coming back, so we did stay in line. It was like what two hours, a little over two hours. Was it over two? I thought it was like an hour forty, but no, it was closer to rate, two and a half. But it was, it was long. But you jumped out a few times because we oh, sure. grabbed stuff along the way. Uh, people were nice enough to you jumped out. I just kept our place. But um, we actually grabbed two sets because uh, we, you know, they made it. It's I swear I thought they would sell out, so we called Christopher. I'm sure they did. Yeah, I mean they did eventually, but I don't know that they sold out that day. Well, well, they said whatever was left by the end of that on uh, Thursday, they were being 
available to the public right if you without got that, a ticket on yeah. Friday morning and I'm sure they were gone after that right and um, yeah so I called Christopher and he hadn't even left Chicago yet at this point so I uh, I asked him if he wanted us to get him a set and so we got him a set and we got the Netrunner cards. Right. The Netrunner game you haven't played yet. I played the original no, iteration of No, I have not Netrunner. played Netrunner, but it sounds pretty good. So I yeah. think that's something we may have to um, pick up and start. Oh, I'm going to have Tanya come over because she loves it. She'll come over and teach you how to play it. And if you like it, then we'll go out and get it. But, um, man, and the previews for the X-Wing models that are coming out. Wow. They look really good, but here's my issue. Okay, some of those ships, guys, are huge. The fact that one is, I think it's $80. eighty dollars eighty nine ninety five. Double the price of the starter box is kind of frightening. Um, Welcome to the world of miniature wargaming. Well, it's not even it's not even miniature anymore because that was almost like that one was of the, the Star Wars toys you played with as a kid. Seriously, I mean, it's the it's size huge. of a large. It's it's about the size of a large, uh, a large ice drink from Dunkin' Donuts. It's one of those big. I like the big. I mean, it's it's huge. I put pictures of it all up all He's over Twitter. He's using a Dunkin' Donuts reference we because we have coffee them in front, in front of, us. of us. And and it's about that size. I mean, just picture a large, you know what, 24, 28 ounce, you know, cup. And I mean, that's, dude, it's. It'd be 10 inches long, 10 to 12 inches long. It's huge. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how it's going to play in the game. I'm interested to see the rules for it. I'm mm-hmm. interested to see how it plays in the game. But. Um, Your gaming service is going to have to get bigger. They're beautiful models, though. They and really they, I are. mean. There come. I mean, I think just about everybody who's listening to this. If you haven't heard about X Wing yet, where have you been? And if you have, you've probably seen it. You know, the models are top quality. Those two huge ones. The biggest one are, is the the ship from um, Empire Strikes Back. The one, the blockade runners that left Hoth. Right. That was that's the ship. The only slightly smaller one is the the uh, Counselor ship from the very beginning of Episode Four. Where star, you know, the one that Darth Vader boards and and Princess Leia uh, gets captured on. You should but, probably post those pictures. The, <laughs> yeah, I should add them. I'll add them in the show in the show notes in the thread because that's amazing. So we went through that and we, and we went through the fantasy flight line and then we did the typical wander around. Not certain, you know. We have money. Who wants it? You know, where should we spend it? Um, you did run off and pick up the uh, the uh, Star Trek version of this. Game. I did. And, and, you and were, it was a toss-up of whether just to shell out the whole 160 to get all the ships that are available now, but I refrained to support my local game store and purchase them there. That exactly, yeah, no. Well, that was the thing we asked them, like, well, the game comes out next Wednesday. I'm yeah, like, it was well, like a week. Fr- well, it's Thursday. It was a week later, so support your local game store. Go buy it there. Now, Christopher waited not a moment. Christopher yep. went in and spent the drop, and so did Luke. Luke dropped the whole 160 as well. So I mean they were making money hand over fist at that. I will say this: if you, cash only, <laughs> if you haven't uh, seen the new Star Trek game, it uses the larger ships. So it's not the little man-to-man ships. It's you, the Enterprise and the the, the giant ships. Um, it's from WizKids, and WizKids did uh, buy the rights from Fantasy Flight to the rule set for X-wing. The only thing is they tweaked it to fit not only Star Trek but to fit these much larger ships with a much different sort of, I think it's actually more balanced. I think it's a little more balanced. I think it's a slightly better rule set than X-Wing. And as a fan of the Star Trek universe, I'm very, very happy to see this. However, the models are pretty large. I mean, the sh- the, the models are much bigger than the X-Wing and my, the TIE My Fighter. only issue, I think, with it, too, is the um, 
the level of detail isn't there as it is on Star Wars. No. It doesn't at least it doesn't appear to be. The detail's not there and the um the color. Um, they're one color models. Yeah, with, they're pretty flat. Yeah, they're they're single color. In fact, I looked. The Enterprise is that single gray, and the only color on it is yellow. There's little yellow on the little. There's some red on it too. For them. Is there? Yeah. But I mean, it's it's oh maybe it was the bird. It's got maybe one or two colors. I think colors. the bird of prey had. Very little detail. So I mean, the the model itself is detailed, but I'm um, whiz kids. They're they're not known for the, I mean, like fantasy flight. Those things look just like the oh, ships, sure. and these look like. Models. So, if you if you want better models, X-wing. But the rules set, and they're very cool stuff. Lots of cool stuff. Um, the whole cloaking thing with the Kling, with the Klingon and Romulan ships was fantastic. Right. Lots of other cool rules. I mean, really fantastic. If you like X-wing, it's worth giving a try for forty bucks. You get the starter set. You don't need to get extra dice like I had to do with X-wing. Um, lots of cool mini rules. Lots of cool things you can do. We don't your have ships. enough dice in the house. They're specialized dice. They're those eight-sided dice with the hits and the critical no. hits. Mm-hmm. There's more dice. We've got 300 garage hammer dice sitting in the basement. I'm still selling. So well, there's li- Cats there, play with dice. There's probably 500 dice in our basement. <laughs> At least 500 dice. Probably six. So, so come on over. Grab some dice, guys. <laughs> so what else? What was your What was your favorite part of, of Gen Con? We walked around. We did a lot of things. We saw a lot of people. What was your best part? Oh, you know, I don't know. I just enjoy I enjoy the whole atmosphere. I like um, Harrison and I went to a game demo, which was kind of fun just for me and Harrison to do it by ourselves. Um, game's not out, but... Uh, what game was it? That was the Psychic Penguins from, the, from those who brought you Killer Bunnies. Oh, that's right. Killer Bunnies is a fun game in our house. Everybody likes that one. Everybody does like Killer Bunnies. Well, I tell you what, let's do this. Let's take a quick break. You can think about what your absolute favorite thing that you saw there was. Meanwhile, um, after we'll take a break. I'll come back. I'll play the interviews from Ronnie and Chris from Mantic and maybe uh, get in what we have from Andy's interview. And then we'll come back and talk a little bit more before we end the show. So we'll do tops and tails here. All right. We'll be back in a moment. So while Heather goes and grabs herself a fresh drink and uh, is thinking about what her favorite part of Gen Con was, I'm going to take a minute and talk to you guys about Audible. Uh, <laughs> you've probably heard about Audible on a bunch of different podcasts. Um, I know I hear them on a lot of podcasts I listen to. Over 100,000 books. I just went to the site yesterday and started looking through. I'm like, 100,000 books? Yeah, you know, how much of it is stuff I like to read? Man, everything I typed in was there. <laughs> uh, I wound up choosing a Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss, which I've read a couple times, but I wanted to listen to something to and from work, and I know I like this story, and I wanted to hear it uh, read. I'm just, I'm amazed. I mean, I t- everything I typed in was there, guys. Uh, you know, Neuromancer, there. Dune series, there. Uh, what else? Uh, you know, Isaac Asimov books, there. Uh, anything... Anything I typed in, I found, which was really cool. It really surprised me. It's it's a free trial. Guys, you got to give it a try. I know from our other show sponsors that, you know, Garage Hammer listeners really do patronize our sponsors. Um, so please, if you're here and you're listening to this and you haven't 
given Audible a try yet and you like listening to audiobooks, go on, follow. They have a link on our main page, uh, garagehammer.net. There's a link in the show notes in our forums. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, if you're listening to this on your mobile device, click on that. Uh, if for some reason you're one of those people who like to type it on in, www.audiblepodcast.com slash garagehammer. Go there. Boom. Uh, free download. Sign up. It's fourteen ninety five a month after the first month. And you get a, a, a book uh, every month. You get one downloadable book for that fourteen ninety five. If you decide at the end of the first month you don't want to stay, you can cancel any time. Um, like I said, I downloaded my first book and then spent about 10, 15 minutes just looking up books. I've got a... I've got a wish list waiting, you know, for books like eight or nine deep now at this point. I don't foresee myself canceling any time in the near future <laughs> because uh, there's just there's so much there. I mean, everything a sci-fi fantasy geek could want, it's there. Any books you've heard me talking about on the show uh, that we've been reading, you can find stuff there. It's really fantastic. I downloaded the app for my iPhone so I can listen to it to and from work. It's it's just wonderful. It really is. I'm annoyed at myself for having waited so long <laughs> because it is a top-notch deal. So give it a try. Go take a look. Uh, once again, you can find it on the main page of the website, the forum page for the show thread, uh, show notes, or www.audiblepodcast.com slash garagehammer. Just, just give it a try. There is absolutely no risk, and you're going to be so glad that you did. All right, Heather's about to come back, but before we come back with that, we've got uh, interviews with uh, the guys from Mantic and also some of the discussion between Andy Sherman from Ohio Hammer and myself. So we'll get to those, and then we'll be back with myself and Heather. All right, we're back, uh, and right now we are here in the press room at Gen Con with Chris Palmer from Mantic Games. Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show. No problem at all, David. Uh, why don't you uh, let the uh, let the audience know exactly what it is you do at Mantic? Sure. Um, I am the marketing guy and the Kickstarter guy. If you've ever read uh, an email, an update, a message, seen any of our Kickstarters, uh, it was probably me <laughs> um, any time over the last four years, so that's Excellent. what I do. Fantastic. So um, you're you're the guy that's keeping all of us in the know. Absolutely. Excellent. Excellent. So um, you guys have had several uh, f- successful Kickstarters. Yep. And I know you're 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 getting towards uh, you're starting to wrap up all your uh, Kings of War and uh, absolutely and Dreadball. So why don't you tell us uh, tell us what's going on with that? Sure. Uh, we're just in month three of our uh, Summer of Kings of War. So we uh, we started uh, back in June with uh, an update to the um, the undead and the orcs. So some really cool kits for those. The trolls and the werewolves, both very popular. Right. Uh, into July, and we did uh, our, our brand new army. So our, our ninth army, I think. Uh, ninth army list, at least. And uh, that was the ogres and some supporting stuff for the goblins. And we're just in the throes of uh, finishing out August, shipping uh, the remaining of the Kickstarter, which is going very well. And then the Basileans, our first human army. The Basil- I saw the I saw the models in your display Beautiful, case. They? They're fantastic. Uh, it's 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 great. It it offers obviously a couple of different options for any any gaming line. Um, 
the nuns with the uh, or the <laughs> with the with the mace. Yeah, or with those, <laughs> I call, it, call them the sisters of Basil. Um, <laughs> oh, that's right, Basil. The sisters of Basil. Yeah, I got it. That's just my little personal joke. <laughs> but yeah, I love the paladins. The paladin knights. You can take them in hordes. Big blocks of twenty. Run across the battlefield. They're great. I love the medals. Um, yeah, I'm 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 really looking forward. In fact, Harrison, when when the Kickstarter was going, he just saw the concept art for the angels, mm. and he's like, oh. That's my army. That's my yeah. Mantic army. So we're actually kind of waiting to see. We're, I've, you know, I got getting all the little bits and bobs, and then we're going to order up the the whole army for him, so we can right. get, get some more stuff going on. That's that's really fit. And you guys have pretty much sold out of all your the 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 over at this at the booth here. Yeah. I mean, it's it's day four. You guys are wrapping up, but you're out of trolls. I mean, uh, yeah. ogres, aren't you? We're out of ogres. Uh, we're out of werewolves. We're we're down to the last boxes of uh, of trolls. Um, there's one copy of Deluxe Dreadball left. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're um, we're we're pretty pleased with how it's gone. It's been the best show yet. So uh, yeah, I saw people around there constantly. Deluxe mm. Dreadball. So what's mm-hmm. the what's where's the where's the difference? I have my Dreadball set at home. I got from yep. the Kickstarter. What is Deluxe? Deluxe is the same as the set that we launched initially. Okay. Uh, earlier in the year, we introduced uh, Dreadball Kickoff, which is a, a starter version. You don't have the cards, you don't have the ref, that kind of stuff. It's it's much more the core game for people that aren't okay. familiar with Dreadball or perhaps board games. Okay. To create a differentiation between the two, we relabeled the Dreadball game, Dreadball Deluxe. Okay. And that's why you get all the extra stuff. You flip it over, there's a new box on the back, and it'll tell you the difference between Kickoff kick and uh, Dreadball. Okay, so Dreadball Deluxe is like is the full package, mm-hmm. and then so you've got your basic set. It was yep. just called Dreadball now, and that's like yep. okay, fantastic. So, um, come on, Spill. What else is yeah. going on? I know you. I know you want to tell us, and uh, I know you got a lot going there's, on. There's man. so much, but um, we've got uh, Dreadball Season Three coming out. So it's our, our second expansion to Dreadball. Uh, it includes the rules for our Dreadball Ultimate, which means things are getting big. I don't know if you've seen it, but we've got a six-player pitch, and it is incredible. The si- I didn't see the six-player pitch. I didn't realize you can get up to that many. Yeah, I'll show you when back on the stand, but you take the take the standard pitch, and you add an extra arm, and uh, you split the arms in half. Uh, two balls, six teams. It was up to six players. It is crazy fun. So you you got two balls on the pitch. you got <laughs> six teams running on this yep. thing. That's <laughs> pretty insane. And then you throw in the multi-hex, the giants. Yeah. So uh, these are guys where we won't fit on one-hex bases. They'll only fit on three-hexes. They're big. And uh, the models are stunning. The guys have done a fantastic job back in the studio, and the paint jobs are amazing. The models are beautiful, but let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. How does that how does that work play-wise? I mean, getting okay. a big three-hex three, three hex model. I mean, it seems like, well, what can you do to stop that thing? Because they do. They look like giant mechs running around they, the field. They are. And to counterbalance that, they count as two players rather than one. Okay. Um, so uh, your limit when you use a mech can be five on the pitch rather than six. Okay. Um, so you get that. They are great at putting threat hexes on things and blocking things. I think they're mostly Jackson guards. I don't think there's a striker in there, although Alpha Simeon might be a striker. I can't quite remember. No, he's got <laughs> big blades. He's a jack. I was just saying. <laughs> Yeah. So, but he's uh, yeah, he's got he's got some nifty rules. He's got a slide. He's got jump. He's pretty nimble, pretty quick for a jack. Um, and and so really, they're just an extension of the players. They're not overpowered at all. If anything, they're, they're slightly underpowered, um, which makes them very interesting to play. The game is so strategic, and uh, Jake does a fantastic job with the rules. You yeah, know, he, he designed them for multi-team, multiplayer, and actually they work in a single-player game just fine. So uh, we're pretty uh, pretty excited to see what people do with them and how they paint them. So if if you're playing and um and I'm bringing one of my multi-hex models, yeah. you don't necessarily need to have a multi-hex model across the table for me to have nope. a chance. You, it's just it's just strategy. It's a different strategy. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's the same as playing against a new team. 
when people face the Terratons, people face the Zs, the Nameless, the Zor, not the Zor, the Asterians, rather. Um, <laughs> they've got so many now. Um, you're going to have to find new tactics. Um, me and Stuart, uh, our studio guy, he uh, he played Terratons, I played the Zs against each other, and it was it was so tactical, what we were doing, because we're having to learn our teams and the opposition team as well. So if you're, you're really familiar with the corporation, you might need to adapt your tactics to the Nameless. Similarly, you're going to have to adapt your tactics to a Marauder team with Alpha Simeon, the, the big uh, space ape. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it's it's just about tactics. So let us let me do this, uh, since I've got mm-hmm. you here for a minute. Yep. For someone who's not very familiar with Dreadball, sure. um, let's, let's, give, let's try to give them a brief description. I know because there's a lot of fantasy sports games out there. Yours is more of a sci-fi sports game. It it's is, absolutely. Clean and shiny, nice, everything in the, you know, in that yeah. future. Um, but it's not, it's nothing like, it's not like football or soccer or any of those things. Nope. Or This is fast. It is fast. It's, I always describe it as a hybrid between, uh, American football, so, um, ice hockey and basketball. In that. That's actually not a bad. <laughs> <laughs> a couple more scoring zones, but. It's it's a hybrid of all these different sports, and Jake's done a great job of of mashing all these uh, these things together to create a a cool board game. Essentially, uh, it is fast, it's fun, it's simple. A couple of turns, and you're away with the core mechanics. We did a fantastic demo night last night with uh, bring up the name Robert Salter Games in Indianapolis, right? And um, we had people who we were demoing who were then going on to demo for other people because you can get the core mechanics and you can go away and take it away and you just play it. And that's that's our whole ethos behind all of our games, not just Dreadball. But Kings of War, DKH, Pandora, all those kind of games in Dead Zone. It's once you've got those core mechanics, you can go off after a couple of turns and teach other people how to play. It's simple, but it's still tactical. Um, and, you know, it is a lot, a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, you, no, the game is a lot. It's, it, and in fact, one of the things I found interesting when I first opened the, the box mm. was the, the scoring yeah. screen, which um, actually, you know, it starts off, there's only one score thing. Yep. It starts at zero. Yep. And then it go. It looks like it looks like a number line. Like when you were in grade school, it goes one to ten on one side, one to ten on the other side. Yeah. So if I score twice, it's on the two. If you score once, it drops back down to one. So it's literally it's it, and that thing bounces. It's it's back crazy and constantly. We were doing a demo yesterday, and the highest score you can get in a turn is four. And of course, you're trying to get to to seven to landslide. Right. And um, first guy, first turn gets a ball across the other table, scores a four pointer. It's the first time he's played the game, scores a four pointer. <laughs> you think that's great. Opposition guys to go, go, okay, whatever you can do, I can do better. So he does it, does it exactly the same. Next turn, catches the ball, three pointer, wins. And you think, that's incredible. For a demo game, you won it three turns. That's amazing. <laughs> but, and then on the other hand, you can have these big slogs where you just, just smash things, so you marauders and punch them in the face. So every game is different and you'll adapt, you'll learn. I mean, I was useless at it at first and, and then yeah. I, I've slowly got into it and then can start beating people, but that's just because I can't roll anything higher than a three. So. Well, that, if your dice hate you, then, yeah. then any game is gonna, any game's gonna get rough for you. Absolutely. But, you know, that's, that's one of the things I liked about when I even played, I, cause, you know, I've got the set. I, I will admit, I'm playing other people's sets. I just haven't sure. gotten around to painting all my minis yet. Ah, oh, shocking. I'm a bad boy, but <laughs> I've only got like 800 armies to paint and things like that, so. Um, yeah. But it, it was. It was like, all of a sudden, oh, look, I scored. Now it's back down to zero. And people come in and they look yeah. and they're like, what, it's one to zero? And it's like, you know, and yeah. they're thinking, you know, like Blood Bowl, where it's when it, and it's like, no, no, we've each scored like 20 times. It's just mm. like it goes back and forth. It absolutely does. The amount of times it goes down to the, the last turn yeah. and that last throw, and it's always a single dice on that last turn. And you think, okay, I need a four or more 50 50 chance. How hard could it be? That's when it gets exciting, though. Yeah. The other thing that uh, that I like about um, 
what you guys did with Dreadball is you've got that six man team. Mm. It's it's kind of, it's hard to take people off and keep them off. Yeah, it's not one of these things where I'm going to clear it and save my time. I've got a quick couple of moves. I score, but I've also I can't just shove all my guys up to score because then I've got no one no in one defense because you don't restart. You don't reset up the players like in, in something like football, which, yeah. which keeps the game fast. Yeah, and it also gives some tactics behind it because you need to have some players back. And because you start with six players on the pitch, you've got five action counters. You can spend two on a single player. You're never going to get to use all your players. So it's not difficult to keep your players back. But later in the game, that's where I kept going wrong with Forge Fathers, was I kept moving people back, and then you couldn't get back fast enough. And then you think, okay, I'm going to leave some back. I'm going to send one or two up. But Forge Fathers are rough because they, they suffer from the, the dwarf curse of they're slow. They are. Uh, and and, and, they're all and, and a fast-paced game. And they're tough, but mm. in a fast-paced game like that, you're standing there and suddenly the guy's fast you know, on the other side yeah. of you. It's it's so much fun. It really is. You guys have done a smash up job with it. Thank you very much. I think, uh, uh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so I can say to that. So um, let me ask you this: mm-hmm. Back to Kings of War, because yep. that's like I said, I love I love that game, and I know you've got your uh, you, you you released the PDF mm-hmm. with the ogre rules. Yep. So I know when I'd spoken to Ronnie and spoken to you guys before, you had your eight armies, and every army had a counter. Yep. Your orcs had your goblins, and your humans have your undead, and sure. your uh, dwarfs have your evil dwarfs and elves with the other with the twilight kin. Yeah. Is are, can we expect an an opposite to the? Uh, oh, are we going to see some lady ogres or something popping Ooh. in? Or? Well, do you know what? We haven't really uh, really considered that, but it's an interesting idea actually. Um, the ogres is a neutral army. Uh, anyone can kind of ally with them, and they're really an extension of the uh, the, the figures, uh, the stats that are in the uh, the kingdoms of men list. In that we've taken those mercenary and we've really expanded it. Right. But the Basilean legacy that has um, has three new army lists in it. So you've got the, the Basileans, the good humans, and then you've got the uh, forces of the abyss, which are essentially you know demonic forces. And then right. you've got the army of nature, which is you know the forest comes alive and all those kind of things come out. Right. So I think, um, and even there you've got your two. You've got because yeah. your Basilean basic was the original counterpoint was the undead. Yeah. And you branch off to two other armies, and you've got your forces of nature and your forces yeah. of evil. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a counterpoint to the ogres. I mean, abyssal ogres is the first thing that comes into my mind, and that sounds very exciting. Uh, kind of what I was thinking, too. Yeah. So, I know um, I said lady ogres, but you know what? You upset them. I bet you they could be just as nasty as an abyssal ogre. I think they could be. I think they could be indeed. <laughs> I'll put them to it. I mean, we are, one of the things we're interested in knowing is whether the, our community is interested in another Kings of War Kickstarter. In that we could do uh, a couple of new armies for them. We could do the forces of the nature, forces of the abyss. We could do perhaps a counterpoint to the ogres, but you know maybe we could do anything. You know we could do dragon men or, or or whatever. If people are interested, we'll do it. But you know it's one of the things we're trying to gauge. So, cool. What, what do you think? Uh, I'm. <laughs> if you're going to expand Kings of War and mm-hmm. keep it at the quality it's been at, yeah, go for it. That's my okay. say because I you know. <laughs> It's it's I I love the game. Uh, you know, in fact, I I was actually talking with a couple of my friends, and they you know they asked me what I liked. I said I generally shy away from games sure. where you have no say over character creation. Yep, it's one of the things like our you know when our main show we do Warhammer Fantasies. I like making my own lord, giving him a name, and tooling him out that way. Sure, and it. Kings of War, it's the, it, it, do, it doesn't have it. So initially when I read it, I was like, yeah, that's the one thing I wanted. But playing it, because the characters take on such a different role, yep. um, it, it, you're not worried about it as your general. You're not worried about it as, it's not like in War Machine where you kill the caster, you're dead. Yep. They're just like 
they're like the heroes. It's not necessarily an Aragorn, but it's a Legolas and a Gimli. They're guys who yeah. just, they just run go and do on, things. Yeah, they go in and they're worth a whole unit. Yes, on their own, and they've got that freedom of movement and stuff. Yep. and that's the difference. I think. I think that's what hooked me. Whereas where I normally want that creative control over my characters. Yeah. You, your game sets them as another piece on the table. They're yeah. not that... It's, it's, it's a unit game. It is an army game. It, it's, exactly. it's about you know five, ten units going up and smashing against each other. And characters are units. You're absolutely right. It, he's my general, but if the, it's, not where, it's not like it's not chess. It's yeah. not, he's not the king. It's not capture the king. Yeah. It's take out the army. So. Yeah, you're not going to win anything by, by killing the dwarf king. Where you will, how you will win is by sending Morgoth in the flank of, uh, of a unit and supporting two big blocks of cavalry. You yeah, know, that, that type of stuff. <laughs> exactly. So that's that's one of the things that I just I really like about it. Um, I just wanted to let you guys know. That's great. Since you were asking, because it's the one thing that really hooked me with Kings of War. Whereas I've got lots of things for other games. I mean, the boys got I don't know how much War Machine stuff. I've got Malifaux stuff at uh, home, and we play it. Well, but games. I keep coming back to Kings of War yeah. because it's quick. It's simple. It's easy. And even though it breaks my one cardinal rule, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because that's not the. It's the one game that doesn't center around having that leader. Yep. So if, if anyone's still listening to this and hasn't, with all the times I've raved about it over the past year and a half, <laughs> if you haven't gotten into it, and if that's one of the concerns, it's really it, it winds up not being one. Yeah, that and if you you guys have really catered to, I think, to the hobbyist because. It's the footprint. It's not the individual model. Yeah. If you want to do the crazy dioramas, as, as long as your base size is the same, it's fine. You know, you, yeah. can, you can split. I've, I've seen it plenty of times where someone's taken a, a skeleton regiment box, 20 guys, and they spread it across two bases. They've got 10 models in each, and, and you've got two units. But you you've know? got a nice, you got a little crypt coming here yeah. and some things. Yeah, like I've been even you working. You the dioramas and stuff. Yeah. You can have the zombies coming over the models and the hills and stuff, and you can add in all that to make something that's really yeah. unique in your own, which is something that... As a hobbyist, it's fun to do, and you're you, you can do it with other systems, but you're also kind of limited to you have to convert each individual model because each individual model in that tray yep. means something. Whereas here, it's got that footprint; it's really great. Yeah. So, um, is there is there anything else you want to cover? I mean, this is you've got yeah. the mic, you've got oh. you, you've got you, oh. you know, the audience of hundreds. Oh, that's <laughs> exci- that, that, that is exciting! Oh. Um, so, I have all the power. <laughs> exactly. So if there's anything that any you know that you've been working on or that you yeah. want to that you want to bring up that I missed, please take the time right now. Okay, cool. I mean, we're currently working on uh, our our next Kickstarter, which I'm sure uh, Hurricane... Ronnie's going to tell us about when he comes on next. I know he mentioned uh, it. Yeah, so. yeah. Hurricane Renton is uh, <laughs> is going to spill all the beans, as I like to call him. Um, but I mean, we're we're really working hard on, on delivering the Kickstarters. You know, the uh, the Battle Lanes are out in August. The uh, season three, which up to back is in September, and then we've got Locker coming a little bit later, and and then we're done. You know, it, it's really exciting to have all that stuff out of the warehouse and into people's hands and see what they think. And you know, we're learning all the time on how to make it better. So, and that's and you know what I like that not only did you do that, but you really kept on your time frame. I mean, yeah. a lot of pl- people make the prom, and I know things happen. You know, oh God, this came in and it's just not the right quality, so there's going to be delay. Yep. But you said by third quarter, and here we are coming into third quarter, and it's all it's shipping. It's going to be done. It, it's, it's a lot of hard work, and it's, it's, it, it's a lot of stress for certain people in the company. And <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of times, especially when you came up with one Kickstarter, and then you had one a few months later, and a few yeah. months later, and people, I, I know I know, I had a few friends who were worried that 
Yeah. Well, where's the Kings of War stuff? Did you guys forget about that? And it's like, no, it's there. Yeah. You, you you promised it, and it's that's it. it. I mean, I mean, from from our point of view, when I mean, we do all the, we we get people to concept, we get people to sculpt, we get the sculpts, and we send them off to the manufacturers, and it's the manufacturers that that tool it and, and get the models to us. And whilst that's happening, our concept artists, our game designers, they aren't doing anything. You know, mm-hmm. we can uh, we can get them doing stuff and working on the next project. So so they can be working on Dreadball whilst Kings of War is being tooled. Whilst Dreadball's been told we can do Dead Zone, and those guys are kept busy, and by the time um, the, the, the Dreadball stuff comes in, or the Kings of War stuff comes in, or, or what have you, you know, uh, the next stuff's ready to be sent to the manufacturers, and it's being tooled, so it, it kind of overlaps. So it really doesn't affect us. Uh, Locker was the only one that we've not done ourselves. Uh, you know, okay. Alessia handled all that on his own, on, on his own, and he gave us the models, came with us to the game, and we we're like, okay, we'll sell it for you, you know, because because the team is free. Um, yeah, because I I didn't need a month to sleep, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, it's it's all been kind of overlapped, and I think for us, it's a question of, of getting that out there. You know, we there's a couple of things we need to work on. One is um, the differentiation between concept art and what a sculptor does, um, and we're actually moving into making our, our concept sketches actually in the pose that the model will be in, because you know they're not meant to to be shown to people to say, okay, this is what the model looked like. Right. They're there to tell a sculptor these are your details. Right. Um, so we're, we're altering that, and then um, we learned a lot in communication with Kings of War. I think our, our Dreadball and our Dead Zone has been a lot better mm-hmm. um, with updates every week, and and yeah, about you know that what the team is doing, and what what we do. Right. Whilst the models are in are in um, with the manufacturer, um, our concept artists can get on with something else. You know, and you see that in any industry. I mean, um, the guys who did uh, Project Numenara, uh, whatever that one was, the Kickstarter, right. I backed that. And um, those guys have got another game called Wasteland. And, you know, people are going, oh, uh, you know, how you haven't delivered your other game yet. And it's like, well, actually, the guys working at the start of this one finished their work on that one. Right. We've so pa- that, that ball has been passed, and now the team's, uh, this part of the team is doing their next job. Yeah. Yeah. Assembly yeah. line, basically. Yeah. That has yeah. moved along. I'm doing my next one. Yeah. So, I, I just completely murdered the name. It was Torment. Oh, Numenara. that's right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you had mentioned you didn't need sleep for a month when mm-hmm. when you're doing the kickstarters, yeah, and you're sitting there watching it. I know in the beginning it goes crazy, yeah, then it then it evens out a little bit, yeah, are you just sitting there hitting the refresh button like we are <laughs> that last day, just watching it and going nuts? Not at all. The last day is mental now um the uh the last weekend of, of every Kickstarter has been done from my front room, so I can just roll out of bed and just go downstairs. <laughs> but uh, Dead Zone is the first time where there was more than two of us working on it. Uh, okay. Dreadball, there was two of us, um, and then and then um, whatever it's called, Dead Zone, that one, <laughs> that, that game I worked <laughs> on for, for several months. I can't remember the name. I came up with the name. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dead, Dead Zone was uh, was five of us in my front room, and uh, we've got computers all around my dining room table, and we worked nonstop. Uh, you're writing updates, answering messages. The amount of messages that come in and comments that come in on that last day are crazy. You cannot answer them all. Oh, no kidding. I mean, yeah. I remember sitting there watching it, and it's it's so funny to watch them because I, I don't make too many comments. I back, mm-hmm. I make a comment here and there if I have a question. Yeah. But then you get the people who just have a question for everything. They do. Absolutely. I mean, like 500 questions, and I could see you trying to answer it. Of course, then you got the people who are just throwing up the comments. Yeah, next thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You filter through this. Then you get the weird little haters who suddenly it's like, I back this for all of this, and then you put out, I don't like that one model. I'm out. Yeah. And it's just like, you're like, why is this bit not free? <laughs> exactly. And I, you guys handle that way better than I ever would, because at times I'm sitting there just thinking, if you don't like it, 
just shut up <laughs> or just just quit you know but yeah well, we're open to feedback we've, we've always been open and we, we do change things despite what you know there are certain people that think oh okay, they don't they don't alter anything they're just yeah, of course we do well didn't the, the the clone chimps from yeah disease yeah the, yeah, they they went through a huge change from when you initially said this is what's coming next, and yep. the, and by the time it actually hit the, it was completely different. I mean, because people were just like, "Wait, what?" You yeah. guys did. You you reacted quickly. Yeah. You responded. and You got it up well. It was fantastic. There's a, there's an interesting piece of background for a character called Kish on Dead Zone, which uh, Jake had written from Lois Shatnerton, okay. and and that got some uh, interesting comments. So <laughs> Shatnerton got changed very quickly. So uh, yeah. <laughs> There you are. There you go. Yeah, uh, we we go through we go through thousands of messages. That that last day, there's there's two guys doing the messages, and 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 they were just getting wrapped up, and uh, it's it's just mental. And the amount of people that come in a minute after it's finished, go, I missed it. How do I pledge? Yeah, I missed it. Really? We've been doing this for 33 days. You yeah. sat there until the yeah. last second, and now you're like, oh, I missed it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's got to have your, you catch your interest, and it's got to catch that desire. And, you know, it's people like my job, um, no, it's jobs like my job, rather, uh, is to get people to hear about it, and as many people as possible. And you can see the difference between Kings of War to Dreadball to Dead Zone. Uh, it's just growing all the time. And Privateer did a fantastic job. I mean, 18,000 people, you know, $1.5 million. Amazing. And... Um, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of great Kickstarters on there, and, and the nice you've got to hear about it. Exactly. Well, the nice thing about that is because developing a video game is so expensive, mm. and you knew they couldn't have probably they probably couldn't have done it without it. Even though they're you know they're a big gaming company, that's something. This is something out yeah, off to the side, it's completely different from what they do. And uh, no, I didn't get in on the Kickstarter, but that game's going to come out eventually. I'm yeah. going to wind up picking it up uh, at my local game yeah. shop. And I'm going to have it, and I wouldn't have had it if it mm-hmm. wasn't for all the Kickstarter stuff. So I think that's cool, and you guys are doing a real great job with you. with what you're doing there. Thank you very much. I know you have to get back to your booth. I do. I've got, so. got that last copy of Dreadpool. You need to get rid of that. <laughs> so uh, we'll wrap it up here, and thank you, thank you again. Thank you so much for coming on. No, thank you. No, well, thank you for for having us. I hope it was interesting. It was. Thank you very much. Hello, Joker here, transmitting straight from the guts of Gotham City. When I'm not busy planting bombs in hospitals, I'm usually listening to Garage Gamer. And I thought my jokes were bad. (laughs) Okay, we just heard from Chris from Mantic Games, and I am lucky enough for the second year in a row to get the man himself, Ronnie Renton, here on the show with us. So, Ronnie, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Now, uh, last year at Gen Con, you came in. I wanted just to bring up a quick memory here. Okay, wanna, let's go there. Uh, you and I were Nervous chatting, now. and I yep. said to you, um, we were just you were just putting out uh, a lot of the the uh, Warpath stuff. Well, you were doing some of your Warpath beta, right? And you had you had teased the Zor. Okay, but there was nothing, and I had asked you because my son said right. I told him if, if if I didn't ask you about the Zor, he would kill me. <laughs> and you had said that Alessio was working on that stuff. You were talking to him that day, yep. and I had said to you, you should make them like little mantises. That's what we pictured, and they turned up like mantises. There we go. Some, so you know, when we say we talk to the community <laughs> and we listen, we're coming to the listens. You know? I I was telling I was telling the guys on the show, or uh, you know, after that came out, I said like, I'm taking credit for that. Yeah, that's I'm me. Thinking- <laughs> that's that. Uh, bang. That's that's uh, that's my IP man. <laughs> so. So, um, last day at Gen Con, last few hours, how's it been going over at oh, the... Uh... Phenomenal. I mean, you know, in the last year, we we obviously came... This is the most unbelievable fact. Dreadball is not even a year old yet. When we were at Gen Con last year, we, were, we hadn't even run the Kickstarter. 
No, you were just demoing the so stuff, showing people little, the models. Little tweets and there was little there. We had the model. So, you know, a year on from that, you can imagine what the show's been like. Dreadball has uh, been demoing the whole time. We've totally sold out the deluxe version. Um, nice. So, it's been a, a, a roller coaster year, and a, a roller coaster big, 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 big. Um, we just about finished the deliveries on Dre- Kings of War Kickstarter and the Dreadball Kickstarter. They are ending the next eight weeks, so that's nice that that journey is finished. I'll be and watching my mailbox. Correct. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, Gen Con seen an incredible year, and, and I think with with the success we had with Dead Zone, I think it, it looks out to continue. I think we're really understanding what the community wants from us, and and I think Touchwood, I hope we're delivering. So. No kidding, and the great move with the. Uh, Opening up just to buy those because those are some beautiful the terrain yeah, pieces for yeah. for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I, I, I can't imagine what it's like to be on your end and just watching those the the, the backers just flying up. Uh, well, and up I mean, and up. The, the two most amazing was when we opened, and uh, you know, before with Dreadpool, people wanted to understand what is it, it's a new thing. With this one, people just went straight early bird back it. They didn't even like, they said, I'm bagging it and then I'm going to work out because I trust Mantic, I, I, I like what they're going to do and I can understand the battle pledge later but I'm going to go grab me an early bird and, uh, well, and that's, you know, first so 30 minutes, 33 minutes to fund $50,000 is like, whoa. Exactly, because you guys, I know when you guys opened, you know, we're in a six hour difference so everything yeah. opened, it was pretty, uh, you know, I was getting ready, I went to work and on my first break, I uh, <laughs> flicked over on my phone. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, all the early birds are gone. I'm like, I couldn't believe that. I was like, this is fantastic. But that, uh, I mean, it, like I said, the pieces look great. So yeah. how, how? So, so what's happening is um, what we've done is Dead Zone, we, we've, we've got, because of the fantastic support we got, we've got the full uh, mouse map, mat, which looks beautiful. I think you saw that on yes. the stand. Yeah, that's um, really nice. We've got the terrain. And so what we're going to do is, this side of Christmas, the Kickstarter backers, as promised, for December, and we're going to do a limited on-run. So there's going to be the first print-run collector's edition game, and all the Kickstarter backers are going to get that. It's going to come in retail at about $99, but in it you're going to get the mat, you're going to get a full selection of scenery, you're going to get all your models, you're going to get everything. We're going to ship those pre-Christmas, so the only the only sessions available will be the Kickstarter backers and the collector's edition. And then we're going to start putting out in the new year a kind of uh, full retail version. Now that will be, let me be clear, the Clare's edition will be available for your local stockist. So get nice. down, get it ordered. We back trade. That's how we roll. You know that is us. So, but we're going to make it's only a limited edition. So if you want the full thing, there'll be a special limited edition miniature in there. And um, and you can't get that like my local game store. No local orders game magic. Store, I can correct. tell them they want the limited Just edition for get it. Get some of that in, and then the hardcore pit out, and then we put a lower retail MSRP with a paper mat in it. Probably early 2014. Okay. We're going to release the scenery pack, a Dead Zone upgrade scenery pack, so specifically designed for Dead Zone. So okay. you can just get enough scenery on your gaming table to play, uh, or more than enough, so you can go to multiple levels and have it quite advanced. And then probably quarter one 2014, we will have all the scenery released as sci-fi scenery. Okay. So, of course, you can use it in your Dreadball game, but I think there's going to be a lot of people that play other role-play games, other skirmish games. They just love modeling and gaming. Oh, All sure. gamers who are going to want this scenery. So we're going to make it accessible, you know, both for the Dead Zone, but also as a generic scenery kit, because I think you've seen with the model ability and the size and the scale, it's just going to work great for, you know... Well, and you guys have always had a real handle else. on making your stuff usable 
by anyone for anything. Correct, because fundamentally we're kind of gaming company and we're a toy soldier company. Exactly. Um, the, the, you know, we want to open it up. So I think the scenery is going to be a monster. It's going to hit 2014, uh, probably end of the first quarter. Uh, maybe launching at Adepticon. Um, uh, so, yeah, exciting times. I will be at Adepticon too, so I'll, I'll, I will be. I it's will be plugging, I will be plugging you for a chat again. Great. So to. you've got all of this going. So I mean, it's what it's been. How long has it been since the uh, Dead Zone Kickstarter closed? So I think it closed second of June. Second of June. So. Oh. So it's been two months, so you yeah. must have another thing. I mean, you don't... Well, we're nearly, we're nearly there. I mean, we've, <laughs> with Dead Zone, I think we've got the first shipment, and then we're working on the second. So we're going to have six armies okay. all coming out for that, which is beautiful. You know, the Enforcers, the Plague, trying to take over the planet. Uh, you, you know, you've got your Forge Fathers coming in, your Asterians coming in. We're just finishing tooling and sculpting those. They look great. So that's going to kind of run us through the first half of next year. And then, of course... Uh, you know, well, I shouldn't really be talking about this, but you know me. I always, I always, I always say more than I should. You go but, right ahead, say it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> when we were running Dreadbull, right? Tops, the company Tops, yeah, called us up and said, "Look, Mars Attacks, we want you to make a game. We love what you've done with Dreadbull. We think what you're doing is very innovative. Would you be interested?" I'm sorry. I'm just, and, uh, there you go. Perfect. Yeah. And um, I said, uh, "Yeah, well, you know, Mar- the, the guys that invented kind of sci-fi back right. in the '50s that." Uh, Martian, it's, yeah, we've got to do it. So when we met, we talked. I love what they were talking about there. They've got the comics coming out, which are really brilliant reads. We read those, and we said, okay, look, yeah, we've got to do this. So what's so, that like, getting contacted by Tops? I mean, you guys are, are you know, you're a growing company. but I mean, still small, and they saw the quality, and they said, look, we only want to do some We want to do some quality. We love what you're doing. We something we've always wanted to get into, but we've not been able to, to, to find someone who can do a war game. You know, I said, well, you're talking to him. So we met. We went down to some very fancy offices down in New York. And I'm like, okay, here we are. That's fantastic. And, um, yeah, and as soon as we started speaking, we knew there was a chemistry there that we could do something awesome. So we've had the first sculpt here. We sent him some pictures last week. But with the pictures, you don't see it. And then the guy came down, Adam came down from Tots. He sees the Martian that we've got in the, in the stand, and he's like, holy, I had no idea it was going to look that good. I said, you know, the first so, of justice. So it's like the the comics and the movie that the, yeah, the aliens correct. with the big brains. And it is, the, you know, that that sci-fi it, image, the oh. one that everyone goes back to. It's yeah. you know, in 1955 when they invented these cards, no one ever really done it before. This was the first time everyone was branching out into space, and these guys did these cards. Um, they were violent and over the top with zaps and rays exactly. and everything else. They were instantly banned by the teachers, which means they were really popular. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's just us. It's like kind of rebellious. It's naughty. We're going to do it in a very tongue-in-cheek style you'll still be able to play the game but there's going to be big zappy guns the aliens and we've got GIs in the background right. they're going to be the background story they're the red shirts they're just going to die and then there's going to be like heroes that run through doing out- outrageous things pulling off shots jumping from building to building so there's going to be a really strong narrative we hope to work with IDW the comic company to get a comic made during right. the Kickstarter uh, we'll have some unique collecting cards that will not be available anywhere else probably some premium cards as well. So we've got a whole thing planned, and I think it could be really exciting, very, very narrative. And what's going to be a great introduction to people into wargaming. It's going to be a fantastic opportunity for people to go, you know, I love Mars Attacks. Tell me some more about Toy Soldiers. And that's the thing. Mars Attacks is iconic. It's been around for so long. Anybody sees that, they're going to know what it is. It's easy to get into it and say, oh, I know this. So you've got that starting point, and that means that they can step off from there and go, okay, well, I love this. Uh, We're going to make the models quite nice and simple so you can really get them on the gaming table nice and easy. And they will start going, you know, and because the way we're writing our rules, as you know, with Dead Zone and with Treble, they're quick, they're easily, they're open. Get it on, 
and, and start gaming. And I think you know that's what that's what we've always wanted to do. And I think Mars Attack is going to help us get out there and recruit more and more people into gaming. Yeah, that's cool. Because your war games are actually shockingly simple. In fact, I think Dreadball is the most complicated of your games, <laughs> yeah, and that's okay. the sports game. Because yeah, I remember the reading the rules, I'm like, man, this is more than like eight nine pages. I don't what's yeah, what they doing. Come on, what's going on here? <laughs> So, um, I'm used to Kings of War where I had a pamphlet and I was running every game with it. Exactly, exactly. But, um, no, I'm, actually, I'm excited. So any any idea when, when yeah, that kickstarter? Yeah, I think it's going to be six weeks. I mean, I think we're talking about October. So, oh, so it is. You, yeah, you, yeah. you can have a Kickstarter every three, four months, get these things running. Yeah, well, I think because if you look at the, you know, cause what, because principally we use the funding. I mean, people say, oh, man, there's a big company, they're only tooling. Believe you me, when I went to Dreadball, and we're looking at, we were going to do two sets in plastic for a trade launch and the rest was going to be metal. And we were planning out like six teams. Right. At the end of the Kickstarter, we had 20, uh, 12 teams in plastic and each of those had a full upgrade, which is the same tooling as another team. So right. we had 24 plastic tools because we use the money that gets raised on a Kickstarter straight back into the product. Right. The more we fund, the more we spend. It's absolutely that simple because our business is working with local hobby stores to get out there and to game. And the bigger range we've got, the more people say, I'm going to join this. So we want to see four-man UFOs, two-man UFOs. We want to see the big giant spiders and we want to see the big giant gorillas. So if we can fund out, that's where it goes. That's where the money gets spent. We do not, you know, we do not make money on Kickstarters. That money goes back into funding the product. It turns in because you got you, your budget is X, but the more you can get, suddenly right. you can give them everything they want. Yeah, because people, you know, they, well, they get more stuff, but we get the money, the extra money. The difference is what we spend on tooling out to, to literally to get started, so that yeah. everyone's got the sets. So then, right. when then when other people who aren't with the Kickstarter start to see it, Boom. and at their local game store they're right. seeing it, then you've already got the line ready for Correct. them. Correct, and that's where we're just not big enough that we could fund out a whole line. And we couldn't, so, so, you know, we can, we could certainly fund the game, no problem. But what we couldn't do is go to UFOs, do two or three plastic kits, do a tank, do a, some more infantry, do the science division. So all of that wonderful depth, we're just not big enough to carry that whole weight. So the Kickstarter community gets behind us. They say, we want to see this run. The more they get behind it, the more we do. So with, with Dread Zone, they were saying, yeah, we want more scenery. We want more refactions. We want to do it. So we do it. And so we have our plan. The more we fund out, the more it gets done. And that's what's brilliant. It's, Keepstar's fantastic for us, but this is how we fund our ranges and our lines, and I think the gaming world is better for it. Yeah, and I and I like that people are getting to hear this because you do hear that. I mean, people wonder about the Kickstarter. Oh, they're a co- you know. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't we don't do two or three tools and then sell fifteen thousand, five thousand people come in. Um, exactly. We, we, we're tooling every week. You don't get an extra model or two. Right. Let me ask you this, only because I know when people think about your company, I know I've talked to people. They you know they're. A bit, how many people do you have working for you? May I ask? Cause yeah, I, you it, may. So, uh, as of tomorrow, because it's Monday, our twentieth employee starts. So you, so you, okay. So you're going to have tomorrow. You'll have twenty people total. Correct. So when we see all those pictures coming in the email with the warehouse full of dread ball boxes yeah. and minis, you've got twenty. We, we pack them. So there's five yeah. working in the warehouse. There's a warehouse manager, and he's got four. One of those four is our photographer. Okay. Because he's a brilliant photographer. So we do the casting in house. Um, just and those, the last two started two weeks ago. Oh gosh! To cope with the uh, end of the year because we've got the kickstarts to ship, we've got dead zone to ship. So that's gone from three to five until June one. It was three, including our photographer. 
So you only had about 15 or 16 guys no, up until a few no, weeks no, ago. No, no, no. We had like 12. Okay. Because oh, okay. we've taken on eight people in the last uh, three months. Wow. I was just picturing it because I saw those pictures. I'm like, I bet you Ronnie's got his cousins and his... Yeah, and his, yeah. And when, his when, is it all in there? Come on, you got to help. Yeah. yeah. When, so when we were for all the directors and everybody's down there. So I can tell you, you know, with Dead Zone, we packed every single one of those games. We had two picking lines, the finance guys in there. I'm on there, uh, Chris Palmer, who's over here, the marketing guy's on there. So we're so answers, not in, emailed answer for days because, yeah, we're packing Dread Ball downstairs. And we're, <laughs> when Dead Zone comes in, we will have, you know, some, some extra guys, but everybody in the office will shut the office for two days and we'll go out down and start making. So now when you guys see all the stuff that's coming in your emails and on Twitter and all this other stuff, just remember, that's a, that's a 20-man operation pulling that off. I got more people in any one given class that I teach than you've got working at yeah, that whole place. And two guys in the U.S. This. who are doing the uh, sales team. So, you know, we're all around the world. And uh, there we go. We and Joe, yeah, that's right. You got yeah. Joe here in the U.S. He's not here. He had a, he had a baby on uh, he had baby Max on Friday. So nine pounds. So that was, uh, Congratulations to yeah, Joe. That's well fantastic. So is there anything else you want to tell us about or anything else? Well, I couldn't possibly talk about what we're going to do with Dreadball, um, <laughs> Dreadball Extreme and 12 more teams. There's no way I'm going to mention that. So now I'm going to have to shut up. 12 more point. teams. And, and the, the, I'm, I'm actually just waiting. I want to get, I'm waiting for the season three rules to kick through with the, with those, those multi hex. Yeah, they look good down there. Monstrosity. Two of those nice. on the stand. They're just about to hit. I think Chris earlier talked all about the Dreadball stuff and, uh, it's just, it's just just hitting. So, you know, it's great to talk about the future stuff, and I think Mars Attacks is, is going to be awesome. It's around the corner. There's, a, you know, at Gen Con, we've had that model, and there's so many people that are just, oh, I love this. Yeah, I've got to get on it. So um, a lot of email addresses. I think there's going to be a lot of early birds snapping up. So oh, um, yeah, once that one's kicking, I'm going to have to be ready for the early yeah. bird one. I keep missing them. Yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll run it a little later to uh, save the... Uh, Take everyone in America get up too early. Hey, Ronnie, thank you so much for coming on. I know you got to get back to your booth. I know you got people that need demos and want to talk to you. So, um, once again, thanks for coming on. And I will talk to you uh, at Adepticon, if not earlier. Yeah, absolutely. We'll match out earlier, but I will definitely be there and look forward to seeing you. All right. Talk to you soon. Cheers, David. That's me, Harold. Oh, my God, I bring evil down on your head. You go so far. Come on, for hover guys. Well, Gen Con is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> you know, I gotta tell you, we spent uh, we, we we spent all day today. My wife Melissa is here with me, and we spent all day today just just taking it all in. This is about the only way you can express it. Yeah, I I still haven't seen the whole thing, and I've been here since Thursday. I know. <laughs> I keep getting stopped. Okay, I have too much stuff. We have to go back to the room. <laughs> Go there, you go. I saw you signed up for PACA. Yes, I am. First good deal, time. good deal. That because we're we're uh, coming over from our area too. We have a team Ohio hammer heading up, and it sold out fast. I'm so it glad did. I did it right away and it didn't did. try to hem and haw. Because man, it's it was like what two maybe three days. It total? opened on Sunday and Tuesday morning. We got yeah. the email with the yeah. list of everyone who's going. So yeah, good for them. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I'm very excited. I'm very excited, and I thought I was going to have to trade off and give up Adepticon for this. My wife. You don't gonna, have to. You don't have to train it. My wife is going to be out of town for Adepticon, so I thought I was going to have to stay and watch the kids. But I was kind of fighting for Grandma and Grandpa to watch them. Okay. And then I said, "Well, you know, I'd be willing to skip because I've been there three years yep. to go to Paca because I've never been to Paca." Yeah. 
Then she found out our good friend, the foreign correspondent Greg Dan, is coming. Oh, okay. And he really kind of wants me to go, and we're going to yeah. get a room together. And Heather, when he stayed at our house, Heather's quite fond of Greg. She thinks he's a good guy. Okay. She likes the accent. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and he's a good guy. He really is. He, he came is. over. He's good with our kids and stuff. So, Greg is a nice guy. Um, so Heather said, well, since Greg's going and he wants you to come with, you can go. Oh, that's awesome. So I am going to PACA and Adepticon. I didn't get cut out of anything. That's fantastic. <laughs> it's beyond fantastic. Uh, I'm I'm so ecstatic. It's silly. But that's not the point of this show. That's not the point and of this show. And I need to stay on topic. That's all right. So um, outside of the vendors, would you, did you, you picked up some new stuff? Anything? I, oh, yeah. We, we stopped by. We picked up the last box of ogre shooters from the Mantic booth because them, them things, all the ogres and Basilian models that Ronnie brought over, they're, they're completely gone now. I like them. They're beautiful. They really are. They'll, they they also make a nice alternate line for a certain other game. Yes, they they do. But the Kings of War game, in its own right, is a very good game. No, it is a great game. So. and I have I have my VC army, which I use some of my Mantic stuff, yep. but I don't mix the skeletons between the two, and I already have them for GW. So I have a Mantic army and a GW army, and the few bits that match in the middle. But to be fair, I'm getting rid of my ogre army for GW, and, okay. I'm, actually, and I'm actually picking up the the ogre army from Mantic, and I will be making that a duplicate army so that way it can it can work both as Kings of War Mantic and as GW. Nice, ogres. because I don't play in any tournaments that's run. I like the bunker. You know, we don't have a bunker in Toledo, Ohio. Right. So I don't have that kind of situation. We may not have bunkers anymore at all from what I'm hearing. I but. know. I know. I wasn't going to I wasn't necessarily going to bring up that topic, but we don't have I don't play down at Warhammer World. And if I go down to Warhammer the US version where uh-huh. Fanuf ends where he's from, if I go down there, I'll just take my Empire line. It's not like I don't play that 90% of the time anyway. <laughs> exactly. I actually forgot we went down to the bunker in Chicago and one time I went and I had to borrow my buddy's ghouls and zombies. Yep. And uh, last time we played there, I totally forgot. And I showed up and I just had my fingers crossed and nobody noticed I played in the back corner. Yeah. I kept telling Alex, I'm like, leave me in the back corner. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, you got to have everything square I up. I felt so models. stupid. I felt so dumb. But what are you going to do, right? Yeah. But, you know, the the event, the vendor hall as a whole was absolutely fantastic. Did you get to check out any of the painting? Like the, the competition painting. I did not. I didn't even know where that was. I've been kind of going around and doing the other classes, so I missed all the competition painting. There was competition painting. It was a lot like the crystal brush setup was. Okay. How big the areas are for open gaming. Is it not just Austin? It's Okay. One of the areas for open gaming that I was in yesterday would encompass all of where Games Day was last year, yeah. and that's one of them. And there are several yeah. others. It's it's ridiculous how big this is. Yeah. I mean, I bet you, you think about it, there might be, what, what do you think, Dave, 40, 50, 60,000 people here? You know, they had over 40,000 pre-registered, so it's got to be. And I can tell you, me and my wife weren't pre-registered. Oh, so I'm pretty certain the yeah, pre- I mean, the, the, the yeah. non the day of registration line that we were in was every bit of 45 minutes long. So I, I can pretty much attest that there was there's probably at least more than the 40,000 that they went ahead and they broadcast. No so. kidding, no <laughs> kidding. And all the people dressed up. Harrison dressed up today. Did you see the parade? 
Yes. The parade was awesome. The parade is great. They do that every year. Now, we actually, Harrison did not participate in the parade. As that was starting, we had to come back up here and do some other stuff. Okay. But Harrison was dressed up as Link from Zelda. Oh, okay. And uh, I picked up some latex ears, and so I gave him the ears. And he not only walked around all day in the cosplay, but people were stopping him to take pictures. So yep. he was like an official convention <laughs> cosplay kid. I mean, it was really cool for him. He's been loving it. Yeah. You know? Um, I know we got some pictures with Mr. Incredible and sent them back to the kids because, you know, they, oh, yeah. they, they, they love that show. So, or they love that movie. So. I get pictures. With, I took pictures of some of the oddballs. I saw one guy walking around as a space ball from Spaceballs. Oh, like, really? Like in the white suit with the big helmet from piloting the ship. I was like, that's fantastic. <laughs> saw a couple of bronies. Yeah. I didn't need to wake up and see that in the yeah. morning. <laughs> <It> was just... <laughs> that wasn't on my to-do list. Well, you know, but... <laughs> You know, I, I, I just love that there's a place that you can come and whatever you want to yeah. do, however you want to get your costume, whatever cool. you want to dress up, you go for it. You do it. It's great. I it really do. Cool. I applaud those people because yep. it adds to the whole fun of it. Like I said, I mean, there's there's thousands of classes. The catalog for this. Yeah, it's a huge magazine. It's it's a book. Yeah, it really is. And I'm, we've we, we, we've come for a couple of years now and we've never really more than just scratch the surface of walking around to take it all in. Right. Because if you really are going to get and do Gen Con, mm-hmm. you need the entire week. And then even then, you're maybe scratching 25% of the surface. Exactly. I went to three or four classes. I went to a couple of seminars, a couple of announcements. Heather comes in. Heather made Heather made some necklaces this year. She learned how to do uh, make chain mail. Mm-hmm. She went to a chain mail making class. That's awesome. Really? Yeah. Okay. And she, Harrison's like, okay, so when do I get a suit of armor? She's like, you can get a bracelet. <laughs> Of course, I said, so when are you going to make the chain mail outfits like at the Renaissance Fair that the ladies wear, the chain mail bikinis? Yep. She's like, get out of here. <laughs> but uh, it's, you know, it's there's something for everybody yeah. here. Um, I walked in, actually, she was doing a, a beading class to make these these necklaces or bracelets or something. And some of the rooms are bigger and they're smaller classes. So they have two yeah. classes. There was a class of ladies doing just like beauty products, like all this stuff that they showed that you could kind of get. And yeah. it's like for skincare and weird stuff. It's like they've got stuff for your spouse. If your spouse is not interested in gaming, there is still stuff in that catalog for them to do. Yeah, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Especially when you talk about the 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 multitude of personalities that you find here. Yes. The fact that there's something for everybody. And when I say multitude, I mean, it, it's like... Every type of person that you will ever run across of in life uh-huh. is basically here at Gen Con. All ages, <laughs> all persuasions, all uh, yeah. things you want to do. It's good wording, Dave. I don't know. Dude, I saw this one brony walking down. This dude was about six and a half feet tall almost. He was about 6'3". He's bigger than me. And he had just a pink, like uh, uh, horizontal striped, dark yep. pink, light pink socks with pink shoes and pink plus fours, you know, the, the yep. old coveralls with the just but like cutoffs. Yep. And then a uh, pink tie-dye shirt with little, my little ponies sticking out of all the pockets and yep. the hair pulled up in a ponytail. And I'm like, you go, man. <laughs> if that's your thing, God bless you. Because every, I mean, oh, man. Yep, yep. But so I, I've got a, I got a bit of a loot haul. The, the Star Wars X-Wing new stuff came out and it's great. Got the new books here, yeah. Dark um, Age, the new books. The Dark the, Age, new Dark books. Age stuff is a here. whole bunch of new stuff. Oh They've, yeah, that was you know what, and I, I didn't get a chance to pick up any of that today because I went around to all the rest of it. But yep. 
but definitely the new rule book set um, and the Cataclysm, I think, is the new book. Yes. It's definitely going to have to check that out. So What else did they have? Oh, they um, – oh, cool, man. He's just got someone – that Chaos Ball there. You got to yeah, demo I got that. Yeah, I got to demo Chaos Ball and hang out with uh, Brian Steele. My wife ended up smoking me pretty hard. She she crushed my soul in Chaos Ball. That was fun. Then she comes around, turns around, and we try a demo for Wrath of Kings. That's their new Kickstarter they're going to be uh, – that's actually out right now, right? Right. Got it just 30, started. Got 30 more days, I think, on that one. And, and she went and she crushed me there, too. So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> See, and it says, I'm surprised your wife is not a bigger gamer. I, I know. I mean, considering how she – maybe that's why. Maybe she's just like, this is too easy, yeah. chumps. <laughs> That's probably what it is. Chumps. I'm, my husband's a chump. He has no she think, chance. She she probably thinks that she'd like you know hurt my ego if she come over and beat me all the time. Yeah, <laughs> probably I what could it is. go to your guys' tournaments and show you what's what. But let's face it, then you'd quit and then you'd be home more often. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> go play. Oh man. So uh, yeah, what else have I picked up? Just uh, I picked up that Square Shooters. Did you see that? Yeah. Oh, Square Shooters. They're a sponsor of the show. Yeah. I have it. Yeah, dude. That's a fun game, especially after you've been gaming all night and you've had a few beverages. It reminds me of Zombie Dice, where it's like really relaxed, really easy. You know, like you said, you have a few beverages. It's like any you don't card have to game that you mm-hmm. can play that you like to play. You could play it with the dice, yep. and it's a little more fun. You're not worrying about holding the cards. You're not. Like, you're oh, rolling yeah. it in front of everybody, you're just playing bluffing. your game. Yeah, it's it's a fun game. Yep, and it's really it's and it's and it's cheap. Yeah, I mean, it's like fifteen bucks. I know. Well, no, it's ten bucks each, and then oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. ten bucks. Yeah, they, they were selling it down there for ten bucks for the first one, fifty percent off for the second. Right, and and like I said, it just reminds you of like that zombie dice feel where it's like at the end of the night, you know, it's very easy, it's quick to pick up. Somebody walks up and says, "Hey, I want to play." Right, it's not like one exactly. of those really in depth games. You're gonna have to take three hours to learn and play it four times in order to know. One last thing I want to hit before okay. before food comes, and then we got to stop recording so I can eat. <laughs> you went over to the GW booth and yeah. the Forge World booth. Yep. I, I was talking with the Forge World guys. Okay. I don't know if you've heard about this. I don't. This is probably old news because I'm so out of the loop at this point. So I walked up to the guys who do the not the Black Library, but the Forge World guys, and I said, "Listen, Steve, the uh, the guy behind the counter." Yeah. Yeah. I said, "So, you know, you hear all the rumors and stuff. I go, if you can't tell me, you can't tell me, but." Yep. The Black Fire Pass. I'm like, you've put out some models. Yeah. We heard about it. I go, any idea when the book's coming out? All production on it has stopped. Yeah. I did not know this. I'm a little sad. They had no idea that the first, that Betrayal, the Horace Heresy book, was going to sell as well as it did. I even said, I was like, come on, that's like printing money. Yeah. He's like, but he goes, but it's more than we were able to handle. Yeah. Uh, because it's making that much money. And he even said Tamarcon did well. And the Monster Canum did well. It's not like the others aren't making money. It's just that that they one moved, is so ungodly awesome. They moved everybody working on Warhammer Forge for the books for Blackfire Pass. Yeah. Moved them all to the Heresy books. So that they, so, and I guess uh, the next one, The Massacre, is coming out in like two, three months. Yeah. But uh, so uh, it's sa- sadly, on indefinite hold. Yeah. Sadly, we live in a... Sadly, we live in a day and age where 40K takes up everything. Well, you know what? When Space Marines make up half their sales, I can't blame them. I agree. So, but um, you know what? I think that's the food. Uh, Andy, I think we're going to have to... No, it's not? Okay, I didn't hear. Okay, that wasn't it. We'll keep talking then. Good. And I can just edit this. <laughs> edit but, this uh, part out. <laughs> what about this part? That's what and I do. this part. There we go. Now you see the sound waves go like that. And I know, even if I'm asleep at the wheel, that goes. So um, 
that made me sad, though. I mean, I'm glad Massacre's coming out because yeah. I read Betrayal, and it is. It's it's an amazing book. It's yep. a beautiful book. I thought Tamarcon was something special, and then I looked at Betrayal, I'm like, wow, this just quality-wise is leaps and bounds. Yeah. So. It's just sad because we live in a day and age that when we have such a great game in Warhammer Fantasy that because of the sales being so driven in 40K with the Space Marines that we that there's no way we're ever going to see the same the same level of dedication and I understand that. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really make me too sick inside, but I would say it makes me sad a little bit, like you said, because exactly. you're, you're you're waiting for it. You want to see it. The Blackfire Pass models, the ones that they were sneaking pictures to us, was beautiful. And, well, and they have the dwarf command set yeah. and the orc command set, and I picked them up, and I'm like, the I goblins? got them. Yeah, I mean, come They're on, hot, and yes. I'm like, I, and I'm looking forward to playing this game, mm-hmm. and you know. They've come out and the squig spitters. Well, let's think. People have been asking for 30k for how long though? Yeah, and they finally got it. And yeah. so you know when it came out, it was going to be crazy. Yeah. So I, I can see that. Hopefully, once this one comes out, maybe beginning of the year, they can start working a little bit back into it. But it's an indefinite hold. But but let's be honest with ourselves too. I, and I know that Forge World is not necessarily you know the exact same company because the way the litig- the way that the copyright laws and stuff in Europe work exactly and in England, but. You know, to be fair, we're getting a lot of fantasy love, yeah. right? So, I mean, we th- this is the most fantasy love I think we've ever had since I've been gaming. I don't know about you. I'm not complaining. We get plenty of books. We get plenty of stuff. Oh, there's Harrison. Hey, buddy. Food's on its way. It was ordered. It should be here any minute. When they knock on the door, let me know. So, um, yeah, I'm not complaining. Fantasies, yep. I mean, it's 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 better than it's been. We've... We're, we we we've actually gotten what we asked for. Yeah, at least four books a year. Yeah, I mean, I Looking you know at five coming. I'm actually sitting back and I've stopped complaining about the nine months with no book after eighth edition came out because now I can barely keep up with the purchases. I know, isn't that crazy? It's great. <laughs> I'll, and that's uh you know that that but that actually had to, that's where I had to put in the uh, the bright and shiny rule. Yeah, I got the bright and shiny rule at home. Uh, I'll pick up the book. But I will not any new army that I don't all yeah. you know, basically if it's not dwarfs or VC, I wait. I have to wait at least one month to after let, the to, book comes out to let everything go to the wayside, and that way you don't just get sucked out because of five hundred bucks. I almost bought a, a ton of demons, and I waited a month and said, "You know what? I'm going to keep working my VC. I don't I need them." <laughs> I almost bought the lizards, and I said, "Okay, I know." <laughs> I got a, I've got a time. I don't necessarily need to. You I know. almost did with the high elves right after I gave away the high elves. You gave away a lot. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, I got rid of the army. Then the book comes up. Like, oh man, I well, want this. I want this. I want this. Well, that's why I was so happy with Invasion Kenosha because I got the I got that plaque and I, I yep. was I, I was so late for where I had to be. So I yeah. got the plaque. I went to run and 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 John's like, well, don't you want your prizes? I'm like, prizes? What? <laughs> and everything he handed me was Empire. Oh yeah, which is great because, because I've got that empire yeah, for Morgan. Yeah. So it was like Morgan's picking that up. It's like now I, it, there was no there was no oh now I got to start this. It's like, yeah. I have this. Here's the here's the here, supplement. Here's the icing on the cake, and I'm, I don't have to worry <laughs> about it. It's beautiful. Awesome. Did you get any demo games in over the week? Harrison and Heather were demoing. Uh, they, de- they they demoed the new Killer Bunnies, which is how he got the won all that stuff in the raffle. Uh, and he demoed the new Firefly too. Yep. And what, I saw a lot of that going around. Yeah, the, the the cult for that is huge. It has been for years. When I saw the game, I told my wife when we were in the elevator, I'm like, "Yeah, you're gonna see a lot of that." And here's the thing, though. It actually, I I I draw a parallel to uh, Ticket to Ride. Yes, you get a ship, you get jobs, and you try to get to your job and collect your cash, mm-hmm. and that's basically the whole game. It's yeah. not something you haven't seen before. 
but it's Firefly. That's right. So there you go. People are like, <laughs> I'm in. Big damn heroes, right? You know? Uh, right. Harrison and I did, uh, what, Mage Wars? Mage Wars Apprentice or something like that. We got a yeah. demo for that. That's pretty cool. It's kind of like Magic the Gathering, except you play it on a board. It's yeah. really weird. Like, I liked it, but I have to build decks. And yeah. if I have to build a deck, I'm it, probably out. Yeah. If you're not a deck builder, it's not necessarily for you. But we had a good time. Harrison yeah. and I really enjoyed ourselves playing it. It was a good one. So We were actually in the market. There's a lot of kid games out there. I tell you what, I was really surprised about that, the demoing of the kid games. We actually picked up a game. Uh... That's what I'm trying to do. The only thing I didn't pick up that I really wanted was I they, got, they were selling those luchador masks. <laughs> you want a luchador mask? I want a luchador mask. I almost bought one. They were 20 bucks, and I should have bought one while I was there. It's just it's a it's a running joke, and I mean, like I said, when I work at the school, I have a lot of Hispanic students, and I always talk about the mucha luchas. I was going to come in on Halloween wearing one of the masks. Oh man, that's good. I'm stuff. not going to go in bare chested like those guys because that that's almost criminal. Nobody wants to see that. But I wanted the luchador mask, and then uh, Harrison wanted. They had the uh, the fancy leather makers had the leather fezes and the leather top hats that were really nice. But uh, so, did you? What did you? Did you get to demo anything? Uh, just a couple of games. The let's see, like I said, the chaos ball. The uh, right, the, yeah. Uh, just what we talked about, the mage wars, and basically the only thing we did demo another kids game where a fireball was chasing us, and I don't remember. So what was it? Nah, it was just, you know, it was a fun, it, we, we spent most of the day just taking in the event, and I tell you what, the one thing that I have to say, and I come back to this all the time with conventions, if there's anything that I give somebody a recommendation of why to go to a convention, it's the people that you meet there that you get to see year in and year out that you only get to see once a year, and that's really the whole reason that I'm here, is to get the chance to see all of my friends that I don't get to see, but maybe two to three times a year total. I mean, Dave, right. how many times do we get a chance to hang, actually hang out and talk or, or go ahead and play a board game or something, right? Exactly. Last year we got to play that uh, the that Indiana Jones-esque yeah. game that was so much fun. But, uh, yeah, no, we, in fact, dude, at bits, I think I said seven words to you. That was so weird. And it was just like, seriously, <laughs> I got home and weekend. I got home and Harrison's like, how's Andy Sherman doing? I'm like, you I'm know like, what? I, I said hi to Andy. I gave I gave Dave a hug. That was, about that was it. it. <laughs> But yeah, you see your friends here, and then just like I said, to get to see the costumes, yeah. and it's everybody is getting along. I mean, yeah. the, the streets are flooded. The only problem is if you want to eat something, you're either eating out of one of those food carts, or well, you're standing in line at Shake and Wait for an hour. But I, I, I gotta tell you, the food carts are good. My wife, that was actually her highlight, was going out there because she's <laughs> a big food cart, you know, because the Food Network now, you know, they have them competitions. Oh yeah, between the carts. Yeah, and uh, and. I mean, it was really good out there, but I got to tell you, there was one point where I thought I was going to be watching this on live TV, and that was because one of the propane generators went out on the one, and you could see them all, like, scuttling around trying to get the propane generator going. And I kept, and I went over to my wife, and Just I'm like, step back, this, if this I'm blows. Like, I'm like, honey, this is the point in time where they're taking the commercial, and they, or they're getting ready to go to commercial, and they're like, dun, dun, dun. And then they're like, <laughs> can you bring it back? <laughs> Let's find out what happens on the next episode. Oh, my God. Yeah, no kidding, huh? Jeez. Oh, man. All right. So, all in all, good experience. Fantastic experience, as always. You're going to be here next year? Of course. 
Now, last year you were only able to come up for center. Are you just here today, or are you going to stay in overnight, or what are you doing? We came up uh, We came up last night uh-huh. and just stayed out for today. Oh, and okay. We're, we're going to be going out to the bar here in a little bit and ha- okay. hang out with some of the Mantic guys. they got a, they got a group that uh, they're taking over the bar, I guess. So. Cool. And then after that, you know, we're going to stay the night and going to go home tomorrow. This is actually Excellent. this is actually one of our uh, get-outs for, I guess what you say, for just me and the wife to go out, you know, without the kids. Exactly. And it's so close to our anniversary that this is kind of like, you know, we can go out and just relax. So all that money Andy spent that he shouldn't have, that's his anniversary present? Is that what he's telling me? Oh, 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 oh so you spent her anniversary money. Great. I got that. <laughs> Sorry, I uh, you know, uh boy, opened my. Well, see, I come with Heather, and this is this is one of like my wife likes to game, yeah. so this is like for both of us. It's like, woo! In fact, we both go out, and we both buy stuff. And it's like, okay, all right, I've got it. I don't need anything else. Me neither. So we're both sitting there with our budgets, like buying toys. Together. It, it, it was funny because my, my wife today was more of the person to push a microphone in front of my face to say, hey, start podcasting. You're talking for too long without a microphone in front of you with whoever you're talking with behind the booth. <laughs> it was so funny. And I'm like, hold on a moment. Let's get out the little, the new setup, the iPad and that, you know, just go ahead and plug on in. Here we go. Yeah, it's a total ploy. Start recording and stop picking up new toys to buy. That I know. Was, yeah. <laughs> It was pretty funny because she did it to me like four times today. <laughs> but it was good though, I, and I enjoy I enjoy Gen Con. So yeah, I do too. I, I just hope that you know sooner or later, and and this is a kind of a, a side small hope that maybe we can see more miniature gaming in Gen Con as far as being a push because why why it's there in the vendor hall. I don't know about you, but I don't feel like there's a presence at other like there's at other conventions to having uh, people get together to do miniature gaming. It's more like board well, gaming. Does I know, that make sense? Uh, yeah, I know. If you go into one of the halls, though, and I think it's Hall F, if you go in there and kind of turn down to the side, there's a lot of tables set up. Last year they had the, the Leviathan mm-hmm. and that, and there's a lot of guys playing War Machine there. Mm-hmm. War Machine's got a lot of, and War Machine actually has some tournaments going on here at the time. Of course, War Machine does. They have. You, yeah. If you if if you have a party. Anywhere. Seriously, you could throw a party at Steak and Shake, and you go in the bathroom, there's probably going to be a War Machine tournament going on. And it's 24 on. hours, too. Exactly. That's, <laughs> you know, that's just, it's one of them Iron Man War Machine Exactly. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of miniature games being demoed, but you're not... That's the thing I mean. You get that feeling where you have a lot demoing, but you don't have... Even if they had more open gaming, and I don't know if you went through beforehand and tried right. to sign up for some of them. Yes. But I tried to sign up and. There was so limited number that most of them were sold out to be able to. But uh, we should probably get wrapping this up. But uh, listen, I know you got to go, and mm-hmm. thank you for coming and thank coming you for on, having us on. And thank, and thank you to your lovely wife for putting up with this nonsense for the last hour. I thank I thank my <laughs> lovely wife. She puts up with my podcast. She puts up with the gaming. She puts up with all this stuff. She she's definitely the the we, best thing that's ever happened to me. We've both got a couple of keepers. Yes. Uh, oh, it's more like let's hope they feel like they got a couple of keepers. <laughs> <laughs> Lord. <laughs> 
Well, I, I've always told my wife, and, and I don't know if, you, if I've ever told you this before, Dave, but I've always told my wife there's a couple different options that you can have. You can either have the guilty pleasure, which we have, which is going out uh-huh. and buying the plastic miniatures, or we could be in bars where we could be getting drunk, pissing the money that's, away, that's been the and same. come home with glitter on our face. And I, I, my wife would rather have me at 2 o'clock in the morning painting miniatures in the exactly. basement than coming home with glitter on my face. I'm just saying exactly. it's, a be- it's a much better trade-off. I used to go out on Wednesday nights with my brother-in-law. And we'd go out to, to the bars and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and it's a waste of kind of money and time. It is. For most, you know, I could go do that, or I could be 27 feet away in case the kids wake up in the middle of the yeah. night. What are you doing? I'm downstairs painting toy soldiers. Yeah, and, and most times, you know, I don't even go down until after everybody, you know, exactly. is already in bed, too. So. Bed. They what, wake up. Are you still up? Yeah. I cut one more model. I know. <laughs> I'm trying to paint the pla- the pants green. <laughs> Now, uh, that's the only the only other time is because Chris, you and I, with our little tactical games, where we're taking forever to like decide where we're moving. Oh, yeah. yep, so the yep. game starts at nine, and then like about one o'clock, you roll the dice. We're like, yes! Then you get the text. It's like <laughs> you're still playing and making noise. Uh, oops. <laughs> but uh, other than that, no, it's it's great, and they put up with us. And yep. as long as they put up with us, that's a good thing. We'll so. be happy men. Exactly. All right, Andy. Thanks for coming on, and we Thank will be back with an interview with uh, Mantic Games. Talk to you soon, guys. See ya. This is Greg Dan from the Hydras, and when I want my Warhammer uncomped, I listen to Garage Hammer. Skills. We're back, 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 back. Heather's <laughs> <laughs> looking at me like I'm insane. We you, do would, that. you would think I would be used to this at this point. We've we, been married almost 17 years. Okay, not only, I was 12 when we got married, just so you know. No, you were 13. Oh, that's right. I, hate, I had hit teenagers. That's right. My birthday's in July. That's right. Um, uh, no, we do that all the time. In fact, uh, there's another podcast from Australia called The Dwellers Below, which is a Warhammer podcast, and they do that. And usually when they're done doing that, they go, Dave, Whitek, we love you. Oh, so Somebody should love you. So, well, <laughs> Okay, guys. There's the uh, there's the other side of this coin. My wife's a gamer. She's fantastic, and uh, I majored in sarcasm in college. It was uh, great. Yeah, it's one of those things where you know she hates me to death. Uh, she probably shouldn't have married me if she hates me this much. But now we're stuck. We have children, <laughs> and we game together, and we did play vampire together for a better part of like six or seven years. That is true. Boy, what a courtship! Role playing yeah. games, vampires. Yeah. Twice a week. Who'd have known? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So, um, okay. So you know what? Let's let's couple this. What I liked a lot and disliked actually has a whole lot to do with the same thing. Okay. Okay. So, um, I don't know if people know. They probably do. But Malifaux is changing a bunch of their rules, which is cool. Simplifying it makes yep. sense. Like that version two. Yep. But they have a lot of of their stuff out, but it's incomplete. So it's cool. Yay, they're changing things. But now, are you telling me I got to buy things twice? So so that was kind of annoying. Um, So I like that they're changing it, but I hate that it's incomplete. Yeah, the new edition rules are simpler. I I like them a lot, actually, from what we've read and from what I've done with it. Um, But it's like you said... They've the models all, are nice. The new models, the new models well, are very the new, nice. The new models have rules. It's yeah. The old models, I mean, I don't know how many. Let's say 100. Of the 100, they've got the the new rules set ready for 70% of them. Yeah. 
So 30% of your models, it's like, wait, you don't have the new rules for the new edition for these yet? And what, what annoyed me was they were selling faction decks with all the cards, with all the rules. for all your, Just like for you guys who play War Machine, you could buy the, the, the different faction decks and get all the cards for your characters. And I said, well, does this have everybody? Well, almost everybody. What do you mean almost everybody? Well, some people don't have rules done yet. Well, what do you mean some people don't have rules done yet? I mean, so and I said, well, what happens when they come out? Are you going to have a deck for that? Yeah, so I have to buy a whole, no- like you said, I have to buy a whole other deck. Right, because we were ready to buy all the factions, and, um, and put we, put, everyone back. we put them all back. Yeah, we put them all back because it was crazy. Hold on one second. So I would think Malifaux was my was my biggest disappointment, actually. Uh, not because of any, pro- I mean, the new book is great. I mean, the fluff is still good. I love Malifaux. They did change a lot of the art. They did. They did. They did. Um. It's a little. It, I liked the original art style. It was a little bit over to the top, but it was great. It's it's been a little more streamlined, a little more. I, it's, it's not more anime. I can't. I don't. I mean, you have to see it to get it. I, I can't put my finger exactly on it. It seems a little more cartoony. You know what? What's the um, the game that we like to play by them with the with the babies? Oh, uh, evil evil baby orphanage. Yeah. It, a little bit like that. It's gone it's, a little it's, more cartoony. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It is. It's, it is a little like. It's a very different. Not art quite style. like a new school. Yeah, I just. But it's it's not bad. It's just it's I, somewhere in between. I it's liked, different. I liked what I liked the art style they had, and they yeah, had there it was for three or four books, and now to change it on the new one, I was like, why? Um, the fantasy flight thing was awesome. We did. Yeah. I mean, part of it was I just I I go there every year, and we spent. A couple hundred dollars on games and books. Did and we spend that much? Did we spend several hundred? Oh damn! I mean, well, we I mean, came home with a whole suitcase of stuff, though. Yeah, I mean the the board games were. I mean, we oh we bought the Catan expansions for Star Trek Catan. That was another forty yeah. bucks. Okay, if you like Catan, they have the Star Trek Catan, which is basically Catan with some extra cards in it, and instead of wood, sheep, ore, and clay, you have. Um, or wood sheep or clay and wheat. Um, you've got you know you know oxygen and food packs and you know you know dilithium crystals and junk. Um, but now they have a double board, double map set that you can use. That's actually the map that's in Shatner's room from yeah. the original Star Trek. It's that map, which you is know, really it's those cool. Those little details I love. <laughs> We had to buy it. Like we saw it, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, it's a double map. Well, let's probably get it." And then we read that's Shatner's the map from his. I was like, "Oh no, we got to get that." Keep in mind, I pre-ordered Into Darkness with the collectible figure because I wanted the collectible figure. So <laughs> <laughs> if it says Star Trek on it, I'll buy it. That yeah, pretty much. Um, what else? What other cool stuff did we do? Um, you know, it's 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 weird because you just wander around. I mean, we bought all that Doctor Who stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, the t-shirt sellers, the anime sellers, the card game sellers. Dude, they were shelling out. I mean, we walked by someone who was selling some old magic cards, one of these guys, and that guy was shelling out six, seven, eight hundred bucks just handing it over to him. And I think of all those magic cards we used to have back in the day. I traded a bunch of them, the ones that were still worth anything back when I started, started playing Warhammer. I traded them up, and I got a good price for them, but... Dude, that uh, Black Lotus that just sold for like what? I what? It's like six grand or something like that. Yeah. Oh dear lord, Camille had one of those. I know. But. Uh, and it's why I don't play Magic anymore. You Too know, many cards. It's not only that; it's that now because it's this competitive. No offense to anybody who plays Magic out there. I like. I love playing the game. I just. 
It's expensive. Well, there was two things that I think got me to drop. The first thing was back when I was playing, when we lived in Chicago, and I would go down on Friday nights and play with Paul and all those guys, was that you could buy a box of boosters, and you'd get every card. Like, you'd buy a box of boosters at 48, it cost you 90, I remember it cost 96 bucks yep. for a box of boosters, and you would get at least one of everything. Thanks, Games Plus. Yep. <laughs> um, now you buy a box of boosters and you'll be missing three or four cards, at least. And then it's, then it, you know, if I can't get it, if I can't drop 100 bucks or whatever it is and get the whole set, at least something, then it, I don't want to have to be buying double down now and, and hoping and trading. It's too much work. Uh, the other thing that drove me nuts with Magic is now it's like every second or third series that comes out, the oldest series, three back or whatever it is back, uh, is no longer allowed because in tournaments you can't just be pulling out the super old cards. So when they go to these tournaments and all these leagues, you're only allowed cards from X amount of editions back. I have not the patience to go back and like filter through all my cards to pull that kind of stuff out. Well, and that's the thing, exactly. And we had, I mean, seriously, we were playing back when they were, I mean, I think it was the third edition of cards came out when we started playing. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, I mean, we had. I mean, I'm, we must have. Bought, we went through about five or six editions of cards. So it's just, I, you know, making my old cards obsolete and no longer usable. I just no thanks. I'm done. I was out. But it was fun to play. Yep. And this is not a knock on Magic. It's. A, I mean, no. It, somebody gave me free cards. I would totally play. It's a fun game. I just. I'm not. I, I refuse to keep up with it like that anymore. Let's no, see what else. No, it's it's we have a kid who's being who's looking at prep school. I can't afford to play a game like that anymore. <laughs> no kidding, no kidding. Um we did go, we did we didn't wait in line. I refused to wait in line for uh for Privateer Press for War Machine and Hordes. Sorry guys if you like that stuff, but uh we we waited till there was no line. Or just about no line. And no, it was no line. And then we no, went No, there in. was no line. Well, yeah. By the time we got over there. Um and we only went to see if they had all the new stuff for that new faction, which they did, and then we wound up not buying anyway because we realized we were not going to play it all that often. Harrison's the one who does that. Harrison should be a press ganger. He got four of his friends, invited four of his friends all summer once a week to play, and now three of them have their own factions. So, And it, one more on the way. Yeah. No, he, the one on the way is the third. But... Um, um, I'm trying to think of what else we did that was really great. I mean, it was just, I mean, it's so much fun. I want to tell people all about it, but I, I know you don't want to sit here and go into long game details. I know last time we sat and explained, Christopher and I sat and explained X-Wing ad nauseum to people just because it was that good when we bought it. Some cool cosplayers. Oh, yeah. I liked cool. the, the uh, Chewy with the cello. I have the picture, Chewbacca with the cello. The best part about Chewbacca with the cello was when he came out. Was that guy had the roar down. Dead on. Mm-hmm. So people were up on that second floor where they could see and they were calling and he shook. And I turned around. I take it. Ronnie, I was walking out with Ronnie to do the interview with Ronnie Renton. And we saw the Chewbacca. He's like, I got to take a picture of this for my, for my kids. And he takes me and I'm like, I'm going to take a picture too. And there's like, he lets out the roar. And I turn around and there's this kid's maybe like five. And there's another kid next to him, maybe like, they're both like five or six brothers. And he lets out the roar and they turn and they look at each other. And then they look at the, their dad, and the hands are shaking in front of their face, and their eyes are like, Dad, Dad, did you hear that? Did you hear that? And he's like, yeah. He goes, that's the real Chewbacca. And they were so excited. And it was just so cool to see that. Um, Harrison dressed up. Harrison went as Link. Harrison was cosplaying out there, and he looked good. Lots of, it, was, it was cool. He was the officially the cosplayer after he had about a half a dozen different people taking pictures of his costume, Yeah, which was great. Um. 
I, we got all sort. You got all sorts of uh, messages on Facebook when you posted the pictures of people saying we're the coolest parents ever. That is true. We are the coolest parents ever because we bring in our twelve-year-old to Gen Con and letting him cosplay it up with the yeah. other people. Oh, but I got to say though, okay, people in one-piece costume bodysuits, males specifically, oh, and this. Let me preface this by by this was not a one-time, one-person occurrence. This happened multiple times. And I will say, I saw it, I saw at least nine or ten instances of it, and I will say this, every single person in a Deadpool costume. Yes. They're in these yes. one-piece bodysuits. They're really thin. Okay, guys, wear a codpiece or a cup or something under with your... Don't leave it swinging in the wind. It's not attractive. Uh, seriously, and it wasn't just if you could tell if they were circumcised or not. You could just see their junk, and it was just like full detail, nasty, sackage, just... I don't want to say nasty. I mean, you okay. could see it there. It's not like... It, was, okay. it wasn't like there was an opening, and it was like, ooh, hello there. Well, no. I mean, it wasn't like those guys walking around in shorty shorts where it looks like a right. piece of chewed gum sticking out the side. They had... But it was still... You could see... I mean... Oh... It was just, it was kind of gross. I mean, it just, I don't want to see that. And it was like every single, I mean, there was a dozen of them at least. And it was everyone who was in a Deadpool costume. Yeah, everyone in a Deadpool costume. Everyone. Because right. I noticed the first one, oh, look at that. And then every time I look back, he's like, is that the same one? No, that's a different one. Him too. And then it, then it became a game. Yeah, it became a game. Oh, you know what was really cool too, David? <laughs> that last, I don't know if it was the last day, whenever it was, those counter pieces. Oh, yeah. That, that company had. I yeah. remember their name. I can't either. We have the, we have the ad in one of our bags. Um, little magnetic. They had little like the little magnetic stickers that you put on the bottom of your round base or square. Well, they're round, but you could use them for square based miniatures. But you, uh, especially for like Blood Bowl, you stick them on the bottom of your round base, and then they had little magnetic discs of different colors. About poker chip sized. Well, yeah. Well, they sold them in twenty mil and twenty five mil. Yeah. So you could put them under there. So let's say you're playing Blood Bowl and you want to indicate that this guy's got a, you know. So you could you put them underneath there. It would stick to the bottom of the of their of the base. Okay, so all the guys with red rings have claw, and the blue guy is. So you could differentiate. You could use them um, for hit points if you wanted to show hit points. Uh, you could use them almost like poker chips. The blue ones are tens, fives, whatever. You can have them right under yeah, the models. Yeah, you could use dry erase markers on there. I thought that was a pretty cool, inventive kind of new product. Yeah, out there. we almost bought it, except I don't play enough Blood Bowl to use it. You can also use it like if you're playing D&D and you're actually using models on the table. Because if you have the models on the table, you can actually have the hit points for the NPCs and stuff just underneath them and pull them out as yeah. you use them because the height difference doesn't matter. That was a really cool... Yeah, there was there was a neat new product. I, um... And they have a lot of kids' games. Yeah, because we did buy some kids' games. Yeah, I mean, we brought stuff for, for our 7-year-old, our 10-year-old by IQ. Lots of cool puzzle games and stuff like that were there. So if you you can get stuff for your kids as well. But I think on the whole, I mean, yeah, I think Fantasy Flight had the biggest area. GW's was tiny again. GW was tiny. Um, Wizards of the Coast was huge. Okay, but that, I don't even count. They that had a whole big... gaming area like in the convention hall. But that oh, in the, but that oh. was not in the cellar. I'm talking in the cell in the cellars yeah, hall. I it think was huge. It was like it crossed over the aisles, David. Oh, I was don't it? think you realized how big it really was. Ugh. Um, you know what was really cool too is in the gaming rooms the giant sized Catan. Because again, I love Catan. The Catan boards oh. where the where the roads were you know 18 inches long. 
Yeah, yeah, the that was really cool. Yeah, that they, was really cool. It was uh, it was just big, these giant mats on the floor, and they were all put out. And it wasn't like a rollout mat. This was like just these huge solid mats on the floor, and. Um, yeah, the, I mean the houses were you, you know had to, you had to step into the game to play the game. Yeah, you had to walk on the board to play it. And it was yeah, fun. That, that was, was really cool. Yeah. Um, Mayfair Games had a bunch of huge stuff, and there was just gaming all night. That's the coolest thing. Now Heather, Heather, Heather needs her sleep, so we'd get back up after walking and moving around all Not day. Not necessarily about- sleep. Heather needs her alone time. <laughs> Heather so needs to decompress. About ten o'clock, she would go into her room and close the door, and. Um, and we'd be we had a, we had a suite, so we had a we had the two bedrooms. We had the big room. In the we middle. had a suite, suite. It was huge. Yeah, fourteen hundred square feet. It was big suite. So Heather went into the one bedroom on her own to close the door and said, "Nah, don't bug me." And uh, we had the six person conference table to game on. But then we would get calls from people. We would head down, and that gaming center was open all flipping night. We went down there a couple of nights and stayed down there till like two two thirty in the morning playing games. It was fantastic. But then it had to end. So then we, you know, got done and, and pretty much went home. Yeah. Um, Luckily for us, it's only like three and a half hour drive. So yeah, for some people, it so was we really can long. still stay in the afternoon and still get home and not be completely incoherent for work the next day. Yeah, yeah, that was. I we came back and the next day was my first day back to work from like like school started for the freshmen that Monday. We got back Sunday night. I remember driving home. You're saying you're tired. I'm like you're tired. I'm driving and I got to work tomorrow. And you said, well, i got to work tomorrow, too. And my response was, yeah, but you have to work every day. I do have to work every day. I'm going back to work after a long break. This is not fun. Oh, poor thing. <laughs> uh, but I do want to say thanks to Lizard Men Jeff, who not only helps the Circle City Circuit sponsors the regular Garage Hammer, but Heather was doing a class, and Jeff came by and uh, drove in um, uh, and picked up Harrison and I and took us to this place. Um, it's a really – I mean – they got frit and and sand, really cool like designer sandwiches and stuff, and so he took us out uh, and bought us dinner. Said he couldn't let us come and pay for our own meal. He had to he had to show us some Indianapolis hospitality. So I want to thank him for that. That was really that was really nice. Yes, that helped with my alone time. Thank you. <laughs> because as much as you hear David talk now, he does this all the time. Yeah, that's hey, I've been trained. I'm a teacher. It's what I'm trained to do. It's the White Tech show six times a day at work. That's what I do. It's like performing. I get up in front of 36 kids six times a day and do my show. And so I'm just used to that. It's what I do. And I have developed the most amazing skill of completely tuning it all out. Yes. Completely out. Yes. And then you blame Be me like, when what, I don't remember something. something. Huh? Yeah. What? Huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, gee, thanks for coming on. <laughs> hey, I'm just, hey, three years we've been doing this. We've been doing this since June. Uh, no, yeah, June of 2010. I've been podcasting for over three years. This is the first time we've had you on, and it's really nice to have you on, I must say. I don't play those other games. That's why. You should. Um, No. <laughs> hey, you could. But co- thanks for asking. Hey, you, no. could, you could come on after Olinor with me and Greg, your friend Greg. Oh. But you'd hi, have Greg. To, I love you. See, but you'd have to read the books, and I keep asking you. I've been asking her to read the Dresden Files for mo- for years, folks, and she just keeps putting it on the back burner. I told her she should read Name of the Wind. That's on the back burner. So now I'm trying to get her. To, I want to see what a person who has absolutely nothing to do with Warhammer at all would think of. 
Because somebody who doesn't Heresy. have anything to do with Warhammer, that would be the first book they pick up. I totally get that. That's what I'm saying, though, is to get someone who would just read it just as a sci- science fiction book and not as a fanboy of Space Marines, but to pick up a book that is completely sci-fi, because you like sci-fi. I do like sci-fi. See, that's why I would love to get your opinion as an outsider who doesn't play the game and doesn't care whether Horus or the Emperor of Mankind win the battle, because doesn't, you know... Well, if I read the book, wouldn't I care? I would. Well, it, it depends. Would I pick a side? I don't know. Well, that's what I'm saying. When you get to the book, would it would it be enough to draw you You're in? You're just hoping that I read it and then want to play with your little toy soldiers. And no, because we, we don't actually play that game. That's not going to happen. No. I want you to read it because I thought if you'd liked it, that would be a cool thing to have a complete outsider's point of view on the show. Of course, if you read the iTunes reviews, I apparently have come off as the complete outsider anyway since I don't play the game. And Greg knows all this stuff. And I'm just like, okay, seriously. We get these good shows. But you're like, their costumes are really cool. No, but I like, I, re- I read the books, but I don't know enough about the history because I never played the game. So seriously, you know in uh, Christmas Story, on Christmas Day, when Ralphie and and um, Randy go to open the presents? Okay, picture the show is like this, because Greg knows all this stuff. So Greg's like Ralphie. He goes there, he opens it, he's discerning, he's looking around for the Red Rider BB gun. I read these books and not knowing the fluff, I'm Randy. Oh, boy, a Zeppelin, that's mine. Oh, boy, an airplane, that's mine. Oh, boy, a baseball bat, that's mine. That's my part of the show. I'm the guy with all the enthusiasm who is shocked at every reveal that everyone who's played the game has seen coming, you know, seven chapters away. (laughs) So it's the nice nice mix. I'm the Costello to his abbot. Ah, okay. So... All right. Well, I guess I'll let you go because I know you want to have dinner. I would love to have dinner. I, I've had a long day at work. I so, and I have a long day tomorrow at work. <laughs> and I'll be editing this while you're doing that. Yes. So, I design medical device equipment. It sounds far more thrilling than it actually is. It, just saying. Because <laughs> it sounds thrilling? Yeah. Oh, wait. Okay. I get it. Ah. ah. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Heather. I do appreciate it. Of course. And of fun- course, you have a captive person here because I have to be in the house anyway. You, you could have said no. I would have just gone and recorded alone in the basement. No, you would have kept talking and talking. So <laughs> You wouldn't have left me alone. Oh, boy. See, this, this is the flip side, guys. For all of you who are jealous because I have a gamer wife, this is the other side. It's, it's fun until she's been pushed too far. Yeah. All right, so um, I will be back, guys, in a few weeks. Um, we're going to have another Garage Gamer soon. I am going to have Brian Steele on to talk about all the new stuff in Cool Mini or Not and the big changes and additions to Dark Age, which is a great game. So, all right, folks, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back soon. <laughs>